month of the Lilo and Stitch Discord by self So it's just putting down. If only David had known it was that easy. <laughs> Self-immolating. They're like, no, I've had enough. So, like, the actual website has developed sentience enough to go, like, I've had enough of this. Fuck all of you. And I respect that. Oh my gosh. I God, I wish that were me. Um like, yeah, I, I we should, you know what? Boohoo. We all have to sit here and deal with the discourse too. Fuck off, Twitter. I mean, I didn't even bother reading the Lilo and Stitch discourse. No, I never read the original post. Because my brain saw Lilo and Stitch discourse and then immediately went, just don't, don't, you don't need to don't, read it. You know everything you need to know. Like, I, mean, I didn't read the original didn't post. didn't miss anything. No. You really, I've, I, I <laughs> saw enough responses, which I really actually, I did, I appreciated a lot of people, not everyone, but a lot of people who were willing to point out that, like, Lilo is a really autistic coded character on top of that because I always vibed super fucking hard with her as a kid and now I'm like oh yeah that'd do it huh like oh it there is, you go again there you go again <laughs> but it's such a it's such a good heavy movie in the way that like gets made on accident like this was I think one of the important things and this is going to be a fun little special interest act for y'all um that weird time period in the early 2000s where we had like treasure planet and atlantis the lost empire and lilo and stitch and um fuck what was the other there's another movie that was made at that time that i'm forgetting sorry um i'm only thinking but that was the by and large that was a group of disney animators in the florida studios um and they after they shuttered due to losing a shit ton of money after 9-11 um, and other other factors. Um, failure well, of at Euro least Disney. Bernie Madoff didn't take their money and thus sentenced the New York Mets. Oh, the Mets. That's oh, Sahar, I'm not sure if you know this. I'm not sure if you know this, um, but the Mets lost all their money to Bernie Madoff. <laughs> and that's why they suck at baseball now. I mean, honestly, you know what? He deserves, he deserves, he deserves a parole hearing for just, just that, just for the public service of frauding, of, of committing fraud against the Mets. It's incredibly funny. I'll give him that. But, um. Now the Mets have to right, sell essential so, oils. There's a little need for essential oils. Oh my God. Uh, Ponzi, essential oils are also a Ponzi scheme, but where, oh right. So <laughs> they went, the, that's Florida, all they the Florida studio shuttered after Home on the Range just fucking tanked. Um, and Disney had to downsize. Yeah, so they had to downsize. The cows weren't sexy enough. Well, I actually (laughs) remember watching Home on the Range in theaters, I think because this was the post-9-11, like, we're all numb and we just need something to fucking cope with the darkness. But, like, Home on the Range wasn't it. Like, even as a kid, I was just like, this isn't very good. This is your Chris Fleming, I saw cats and I was like, "Mm, this could use a little work. Yeah, yeah, and fundamentally, um, it just wasn't very good. But like, so they shuttered, and a lot of those people at the Florida studio who churned out those films, which are kind of unique in the Disney canon and how they just do everything, basically, uh, went on to form most of the staff at DreamWorks, like the initial staff at DreamWorks. So that's fun. Um, and Lilo and Stitch, I think, I you know, DreamWorks has its misses um often but like 
yeah, we have to sit through like three over the hedges and shark tails and Shrek fours. But like, then you have like Kung and Nomeo and Juliet. You cannot forget Nomeo oh, and Juliet. Wasn't I thought that was Blue Sky? Hold on. I don't oh, have to Google. Oh shit! I hate you for making me Google Nomeo and Juliet. <laughs> so one of us has you to really do. No okay. video and was, Juliet. All right. So here's the thing: is it was released. It's a wait. James McAvoy and Emily Blunt are Romeo and Juliet. Uh, I yeah. <laughs> I don't like that. Um. It was released. What? It was financed by Disney and released through its Touchstone Pictures banner, but not animated by Disney. It's animated by Stars with a Z Animation and Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, what the? F- okay. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Starring the voices of James McAvoy, <laughs> Emily Blunt, yeah. Michael Caine. Yeah. Jason Statham, Maggie fucking Smith, Patrick fucking Stewart, Ashley Jensen, Stephen fucking Merchant, and Ozzy fucking Osborne. What the fuck was this movie? What, what happened, happened to you? I, I mean, I know, um, like, I mean, this was this is the post Robin Williams, like, we're just gonna cast a fuck bunch of celebrities in our shitty animated movie because it's easy money for them and it's going to make our budget obscene even though we don't actually like try to improve the animation quality in any way shape or form like no man juliet had like a like a 230 million dollar budget and i would say over half of that went to paying all the voice actors um and voice actors are important but it's like used to be that you got like character actors and like hollywood actors from the previous how like, do you think you know nick zano dom DeLuise fan would not oh God, please. that's a whole other i mean that was like that he was just in everything john blues did um all right wait 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 wait. let's let's okay so as i'm sure you guys can guess this is a uh, special episode of legends in review <laughs> which uh, i not a single mention of legends yet it's okay it's okay that's that's we not, that's not what we're here for um, we do this all the time and we have I a know, special <laughs> we have a special guest. Uh, Sahara, do you want to introduce yourself? Plug your stuff. Sure, you can plug it. You can yeah. plug at the beginning. You can plug at the end. You can plug anytime. We don't. <laughs> There's a lot of plugs yeah, happening here. Get into like a, into like uh like a. But first, talk about like the fucking <laughs> true crime podcast. They're like, and anyway, time to talk about Blue Apron. Like, we'll do that. That's fine. <laughs> um, what if Karen recently that's really stupid that just oh, doesn't vibe with their podcast at all and I keep fast forwarding through it because I'm like this is so embarrassing for you like so make that money girl I mean it's really is- funny but it's so embarrassing that's why we don't have sponsors and definitely not because nobody has ever offered okay like, no, I mean, really, I can't. I mean, we also really haven't gone looking, but I also don't really know how we could. It would be very much like a Mabim Bam thing where they're not really, where they're just doing. Hi, this is this is Zach. Okay, um, please. I'm so sorry. We we went off track again. Introduce yourself, please. Tell us what you, where you're from, what you do. <laughs> it's just really funny being here while you record because I listen to you all. And it's great listening to you all, but actually being in the same, like, space is amazing. So I'm Sahar. I have no idea if any of the listeners would know me, but I work for The Fundamentals, where I just talk about TV and yell about the CW a lot. And then people get mad at me for it, but it's great. Uh, I'm on two different podcasts. I'm glad. That's Haram, where I talk about Muslim stuff and stuff that's Haram, which means forbidden in Arabic. I talk about Zari a lot, actually, and sometimes... Legends in Review is mentioned uh, without oh. saying Yelp name, though, because I didn't want to get anyone in trouble. And also Ladies First, where we talk about all sorts of media shit from the perspective of gay ladies. So here I am. Excellent. I'm excited to be here. 
Wow, those are so much more I'm impressive. Because, so like, honest to God, like, if this is going to be, like, the, the, like, you have a, a much more analytical, like, I always see you tweeting when you're, like, tweeting about, like, even, like, viewership numbers and, like, the way that you talk about, like, the actual sort of nuts and bolts of TV production is super fascinating to me um, and a perspective we really need on the show because I think on one level, even though we kind of know the CW just like lets shows go on for, they're just keeping the fucking lights on at this point. Like Gossip Girls, not Gossip Girls, Supernatural got like 20 seasons. Like (laughs) they don't fucking care. But it is still interesting to sort of analyze ratings, especially on like networks where that actually still kind of matters. So I really appreciate your perspective on that and all the other stuff too, but I've always just thought that was really cool. Well, I'm glad. I'm here to add as much legitimacy to our complaints as possible. Thank you. I'm really glad to hear it. Um, (laughs) I I guess uh, just to introduce things a little more, this is going to be sort of a retrospective of 5A, um, where we met Nuzari and we met Feyrod and we found out about uh, Charlie being um, Clotho and Brandon left, and a lot happened, but it also feels like nothing fucking happened. But and fundamentally, so- I feel weird doing a retrospective like this, because I was actually thinking about it today, where I was like, what happened? Other than the long so, goodbye, maybe the longest goodbye I'm, there has ever been. I, 18 I hours of goodbye. Seriously. I literally am gifting, like, I'm doing a Seven Days of Zari 2.0, because the show is back on Tuesday. Fuck. And um, yeah, fuck is right. Time doesn't. Um, time, I don't know what I. Time doesn't isn't real. I don't. I'm, um, but I'm like doing. I think the episode, the prom. Oh my god, no, it wasn't the prom slasher episode. It was the second episode of we. We don't count the crisis. We say that the <laughs> Meet the Legends is the first episode of the season. Yeah, because again, I don't know what happened in the crisis. Can, we literally cannot be bothered. Here. We can't be bothered. I was I was busy. <laughs> and then it just cuts to and it just cuts to you and you're like putting hair in a pony. Hey, I am literally making acrylic yarn hair right now. So like listen. Man of well, many tools. This, this um <laughs> nailed it. Um but yeah, seriously. Did you know do you guys remember that they went to fucking Los Angeles in the 40s and they fucking killed Bugsy Siegel? Did you guys remember I, that? Because I completely forgot. Watch the shittiest fu- No, wait, that wasn't the time I got stuck watching the shittiest Ben Affleck movie there has ever been. Um, but like it was I, I mean, admittedly, Batman versus Superman exists, but it's also like, you know, maybe that's a little low-hanging fruit. Um but you could literally give me a list of things that happened this season and i would not be able to tell you if they actually happened or not because so much didn't happen i'm so sad they wasted bugsy siegel though because that was such a i mean buzzfeed unsolved did like a whole episode about like the insane batshit way he ended up being killed and like it's always fun to do unsolved mysteries about the mob because it's like oh the truth is out there it's just that like nobody is gonna talk about it for very obvious reasons so that's my favorite thing about the mob is it's like all on wikipedia I just like that's oh, yeah. so random. I love it. Oh my god, Ari, what were we watching? Oh right, we were watching Drag Race because they did an early snatch games, and we kept getting yes. commercials for VH1's new reality show called like yes! Family god, of the Mob. And I was like so offended by it, where I'm like, listen, these are all people like they are absolutely like second cousins to like a bookie at best because you're not like you have to be in the witness protection program if you've actually left the family and i'm like is this just a elaborate government 
like what is this is is this like a thing where they're gonna try to use like the rico act and like shut this shit down live on vh1 because if so okay admittedly that's great television but like it's such a weird what it is, is the so rico weird. act the rico act is like racketeering oh, no. it's basically a way of like getting i mean unfortunately one of the really big problems with the rico act right now is we especially in new york um use it more often now to prosecute young black men for um doing things under the um idea that it might be gang activity because they didn't specify when they made the rico act that like this is only to prosecute like italian american mob members they just meant they just right. gave it a big why didn't we put that in there that's really like as an italian american you should be allowed to racially profile italian americans but um, <laughs> if you're that next anna we're fucking coming for you <laughs> okay shit. but like so it is actually genuinely really really bad because most of the recent uses of it have been to give like like black teenagers for like standing within 20 feet of a drug deal like arresting them under like racketeering charges insane shit like that to give them like 20 fucking years in prison for no reason um so it's it's it was initially kind of put in place to deal with the mob because so many sort of legal workarounds and loopholes were happening where it's like that the, the whole they had to get al capone on tax evasion thing unfortunately now we're using it to do bad things, but like the idea of Rico was actually a good one to begin with because it was very much like, hey, what if we just made it illegal to be in a gang and that was like a thing so that way that mob people could stop getting six months for like a misdemeanor that their lawyers managed to argue down. Um, but yeah, that this this the the whole the mob show is gonna be so fucking weird just because I'm looking at it and I really am going like, how are you? doing this and the way that we treat the mob is so fucking weird where it's like and i say this is like someone like my grandmother's grandmother was like stopped by the mob in her area for for like 10 years because she witnessed a murder um that like like a mob hit and my grandmother still talks about the mob like it's like they just like this 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 fun guy organization where they all have fun and they hang out and i'm like the cognitive dissonance is insane um so yeah mob stuff is always really weird i mean i enjoy it because i feel like i'm legally obligated to but but um, a bang. <laughs> but a bang. but it is weird to see a reality show based on it where i'm kind of like this has got to be well, like i want to watch it and see if it's just like an elaborate setup and they're going to do a fake out where they're not actually the mob or anything or they're, they thought they were the mob this whole time but they're not yeah like, um I'm just, i think I mean, if we want to be topical and really quickly, I know you refuse to watch Tiger King and for good reason, but the only thing I learned from watching Tiger King and now you ta us talking about like, oh, you know, why isn't the RICO Act coming down on these people? Is that like in America, you cannot be black, period. But white people can just own like tigers and like 10,000 guns. And we're like, oh, that's fine. In case some maniac tries to sneak in with a ladder. Like, what the... It's I hate this so, country so fucking much. I hate this country. I mean, good thing. The good news is, is we are witnessing the accelerated death of federalism in real time. So soon Florida will be allowed to just do whatever the hell it wants. But maybe, like, we can just let them do it yeah, over there. Yeah, on your end, I'm real grateful Chris Christie is no longer your governor. Yeah, apparently Phil Murphy won on Tucker Carlson last night, though, apparently. Um, which I just, I think Excuse was me, a that's bad idea. Tucker Carlson is a dumb 
white supremacist and he's a ridiculous bully and it's his show so all he does is like talk over people and cut them off and do like yes and and cite like bullshit studies that they have no way of refuting live on air in real time like it was a dumb the only time i've ever seen and john stewart had his problems but i made my sister watch the clip where he like fucking eviscerates the guy on crossfire and mm -hmm. it is so cathartic to watch right now like it is so fucking depressing kind of given the way that the media is right now but like it's you can't take him seriously where i'm like the governor of a state should not be going on this like just this white supremacist propaganda network like what the fuck are you doing phil um so that was weird but yeah wow, we were just it was like I'm going to listen to this one random dude who knows nothing about infectious disease, but knows a lot about, like, eggs or some shit. Yeah. Where it's like, Oof. thanks, that doesn't help anyone. People are dying. Thanks. It's better. It's worse. It's so much worse. But it is, I mean, like, on one level, I do genuinely feel pity to an extent for people who are, like, who are convinced that this is, like, this is, like, the government is withholding their right to do because they're being everyone is being lied to at every single point if they actually believe anything the federal government says they are being lied to so if they're not aware that they're being lied to this kind of this isn't going well this is not this is not going well oh god this is all a fucking nightmare um anyway so first episode of legends was actually a lot about television um which i yeah remember let's we were talking <laughs> hard day starlight starlight <laughs> Okay, we're going to go really quickly through what um, happened this season to the tune of uh, The Day of the Music Died. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. I didn't write, oh I didn't write it. God. I, didn't um, I didn't prepare for this at all. Now I'm disappointed. I probably should have done, I didn't even think of it until you said that. And I was like, oh, fuck, we should have done a We Didn't Start the Fire for this, this season. Um, but can you listen oh to boy. We Didn't Start the Fire without going into fight or flight? It, no, actually, I tried no. listening to it. <laughs> Go and I was sitting there and I was like here's the thing is even if you get over the initial like homestuck panic like you just I keep expecting it to abruptly shift back to the homestuck version and it frightens me every time so, so glad um, I don't know anything about the homestuck uh that's that must be nice <laughs> I mean that's a whole other kettle of fish I literally morally ethically uh, on every <laughs> level <laughs> but like it it, I remember because when we went to go see the Bim Bam live show in at the King's Theater, um, I left, and so I didn't hear like when Lin Manuel Miranda got on stage and was like, "Tonight I'm going to be Billy Joel." I didn't hear that part until I re-listened to like the recorded version. So I didn't know what the fuck was happening, and he's just sitting at the piano, and I'm like, "Okay, well, what the hell's going on?" And then I realized he was doing like a "We Didn't Start the Fire" thing, and I had a fucking heart attack. And I like turn and I look at Rachel, it's like three seats down. Like, yeah, let me paint uh, the picture. Let me paint the picture for you. Is that my friend Rachel? Um, her name is also Rachel. She got us tickets to see it, and then I was like, "Oh, we should bring Tim and Ari," but I couldn't get them seats like next to us. So they were sitting a few people down from us. But like when he said, "I'm Billy Joel tonight," I literally like fully turned my entire body to Ari, who like hadn't realized it yet. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> She have her ear. She got her AirPods in. Oh my god! I really did. It was so bad because I, I, he got like, and I just realized what was happening, and it was, it was like, it was like you know, like that moment where like in a in a fucking drama where like the person who's getting sniped sees the red fucking like the dot, and they start panicking. Like that was it. I was, I was looking at the dot, and I was, I was in fear, and it was really well done. But like, I wouldn't, 
I would have to put in, I think, more time for doing a we didn't start the fire version of the season than Legends actually did putting together its plot points this season. Although if you remind me about it, I will totally have one done for our finale retrospective. Because um, it's, it's a fairly, it's an easy beat. It's not like it's like, you know, it's not really complicated. Like you can just sort of say shit um to a to a rhythm track and it'll be fine so we can totally do that but um what okay I mean, so is that not legends of tomorrow <laughs> they just yeah, say whatever can... they want to music and it's fine <laughs> fine um that is a good moral i think in life um but also i think we'll probably i'll probably try to do that for the finale but what are we gonna do for like the first half like how do we want to organize this do we want to organize it by like characters okay. that um, I just want to do it episode by episode just so we can remember what happened. Okay. Um, so here's the thing. Um, Harry Truman, Doris Day, something, Rich. something, something. Oh, oh, God. John Don't Egbert, Rose Lalonde. Don't do this. <laughs> I'm a good person. Please. I just was so, so chaotic with this. I'm living my best life. Uh, ew, I got a piece of something in my teeth. Um, That's ominous. So, <laughs> oh, my teeth just started falling out. We have the first episode. Now, here's the thing about here's the thing about Legends of Tomorrow. Um, now, I don't know if you spend your time reading Phil Clemmer's interviews, but I legally have to. I do um, think so every time Phil says something, Phil will be like, oh, this is something that's going to happen. But it's actually only the plot of, like, one episode. So when Phil is like, oh, the legends are dealing with fame, we kind of came into this season like, oh, I wonder how this documentary episode is going to set things up. And then the documentary episode is like, well, that's over now. And I was like, I don't I know knew. what I expected. I knew it was a <laughs> That's like, on me. That's long. on me. But it didn't, like, I was almost impressed with how little they actually devoted time, especially because of Zari, where they devoted, like, almost no time to, like, Fame is gonna be weird, except for like Bayrod occasionally saying, "Yeah, fame really changes people," and then just looking directly into the camera for like an unbroken ten seconds. That was actually that was actually Shayon himself looking directly into the camera, um, trying to trying to trying to get trying to get trying, trying to, to warn us. <laughs> this was the we did not leave, think we did not need the warning. We really needed the warning. I mean, we didn't, we clearly didn't listen and plunge forward on heating, but like uh, the warning was nice. I mean, well, I can't tell you what happened because I watched it all in one day and then probably forgot everything yeah, except for sorry because like literally nothing happened. All right. You know what? I've actually, I've grown bored. I've, I've grown bored of summarizing this episode of these. I've grown bored of this already. Let's, uh, <laughs> while I test something for work, Oh, uh, let's go. Let's do the highs of this season. What happened this season that we liked? Because we're going to tell everything we liked, and then we're going to put a pin in that. And then we're really going to get into everything we hated. And then we're going to come back to the things we liked. And yeah. I want to marry like, Zari. I love high. Uh, Zari was great. The five seconds of Maisie we got, spectacular. Oh, transcendent. And Charlie's amazing. I Charlie am very being, intrigued. Charlie yeah. being confirmed as pan slash... Um, genderqueer was great because you know how hard Maisie is working for that um, um well, I actually really liked they only had it for a moment but I did really like that conversation between Marie Antoinette and Zari I genuinely thought it was really sweet wait can uh, I just make a can I make a joke really quickly yes yes for it 
uh, your fave, you take photos of your favorite white woman interacting with another white woman and say that she might be gay. Maisie Richardson Sellers probably married her girlfriend in Bali. We are not the same. <laughs> Congratulations, Maisie, if you ever hear this. No, because yeah, my okay. friend who is a really big, who's my friend who is on Maisie Watch 24-7, she's like, they've been wearing rings since sort of the end of their trip. And I was like, fascinating. Well, they could have also just gotten engaged, but still, that's yeah. so fucking weird. Hi, are you good, cat? No. I will kick you out this time. I'm not doing it, kitty cat. But um <laughs> like what else? All right, so what do we want to maybe who who were our what the fuck did they call them? Reduce what the people who came Encores. back. Encores? Thank you. Encores. It's really bad that I can't remember, but like in my defense, I've had other more important shit to worry about the past month or so. But um, yeah, we had Bugsy Siegel, Rasputin, Marie Antoinette, Genghis Khan. Damien Dark. Damien Dark. Is there anyone Damien Dark, uh, the kid's mom. Oh, right. Yeah, I forgot about it. The, the Jason, the, the fucking Pamela Voorhees knockoff. Um, right. Okay, that's fine. I just want to make sure. Um, what else? All right. So, things we liked this season. Um, I know we said Zari. I know we said Charlie. The conversation between Marie and Quinette and Zari specifically. That was um, really good. All of Bayrod. Bayrod is perfect. Okay. I love Bayrod him. Bayrod is really cute and really underutilized. And, like, I really appreciated his presence in the show because the the moments between him and zari were super duper sweet um that was another thing where phil was like yeah they're gonna have a really rough sibling relationship and they're gonna like share the totem and i'm like well they haven't shared the totem and it took them five minutes to make up but i guess i'll believe you i don't think he knows what words mean (laughs) i don't think phil clemmer i don't think phil clemmer can read (laughs) Like, the reason and Zari have been great, because you're right, it took them five minutes to, like, make up and then realize that they're, like, on the same page about things, just coming at it from different angles. And also, Baron and Charlie, truly, just every time I see them in a room together, I'm dying, because they're so funny. They were... Let me tell you something about Baron and Charlie, is that, one, I love that homosocial fucking confirmation that Charlie and Zari would have hooked up, but the network Absolutely. And, like, when people are like, oh, they just put her with Bayrod because they need to put her with a guy. I'm like, have you ever read into anything in your life? Do you know how anything works? Like, I know you don't. I know you don't because I see who you stand. But, like, if you did. Interpret things, please. You um, had one brain. You had self you had a, a cell. I'll take a cell. But, like, I think what I really liked about Bayrod and Charlie is it kind of, it was underutilized, unfortunately. But, like, yeah. We, we found out this season that Charlie is like immortal. Like we kind of knew there was something up with her last season, but now we got like explicit confirmation that she's not just magic. She's been around since like the beginning of fucking time. So number or at one, least humanity. Of, uh, the video game franchise known as Fire Emblem. Thanks for not making her look like a fucking 12 year old. Um, it's really depressing that I have to say, thank you for making your immortal character not look like they're seven, but I live in hell. Um, so with that said, I'm gonna also be like, I saw a tweet about that earlier today where it was like, don't make your ancient ones look like they're five. Everything's on brand. Um, My brain was literally like, oh, well, I I mean, mean, I I kind of understand why you're a little annoyed by Bayrod and Charlie, but then my brain went, Charlie is like a bajillion years old and Bayrod is 24. And my fate, and I literally was like, kombucha girl, like, 
I will say that, like, it's not, it's fine when it's, hold on, cat. Go, shoot. I'm not letting you back in, though. Okay. I got rid of them successively. But I think <laughs> it's fine. I actually think when it's an immortal that just looks like a cute little non noe looking ass child like i'm like yeah this is fine i like it like i like that's fine like the idea of like a cute little five-year-old and like a sundress who's like a thousand years old or like god or something like that's fun we can mine that for sure. comedy potential but i did really why are they like sexy why you make why them sexy though <laughs> they're not sexy because they're i hate you it doesn't look that way but okay enough fire on them but like it's something where because bayrod is like much he's not like young and he's not immature but there's just this vibe of this very ancient and sort of jaded and cynical world weary kind of person versus his much more you know upbeat relaxed person he's literally the lazy villager in animal crossing like i talked to my lazy villagers and they're like this is just yeah, a thing no, he, he really well, truly we don't know anything about him we don't know if well, yeah, he's had any kind of experiences that make him like Wow, what an excellent point. <laughs> like, we don't, there's nothing for us. Like, okay, everybody else on this show is fucking traumatized. And like, I guess. why, why, what, what about Behrada? Like, do his parents, I mean, his parents love him. He's living his best life. He gets to go save the, I mean, what is he doing with his life? I want to believe. I mean, honestly, the thing with, and that's the whole thing about Bayrod sleeping with Charlie is that's kind of actually the most characterization we sort of got out of him because we sort of finally understand like how he is romantically at least. And that was like, he's very um, sentimental. He is, gets very attached very quickly. He is obviously extremely charmed and in love with Charlie, even though she's like, okay. Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't have time for this because I'm afraid of my sisters. Yeah, she's got more important things to worry about, but he doesn't. So we kind of get the vibe. Like it, it does. I think who someone falls in love with and how does kind of say something yeah. about them. Um, and I say, um, he would be, he would be uh, great for. Oh, I don't know. Being like a really optimistic, falls in love with everybody he meets character to bring into the second season, but Shehan is only recurring and he isn't in 5B that much. Just such a fucking bummer. Like, truly. Such Wait, a bummer. pop quiz, everybody. Pop quiz. Who do you think hates the characters of color more? Uh, the writers or the fans? I, it's a, it's a, it's a chicken and egg scenario. I think genuine answer to that. Seesaw. <laughs> you need vote to make it go. And unfortunately it's going. Unfortunately, going, but it does. I think sometimes fans get into this rut, and this is just true across fandom culture from what I've seen Mm -hmm. from being in it for Mm -hmm. too long. Is you get, (laughs) and also being in fan, like just being in series that are super misogynistic or super like don't really have women or don't really have characters of color or whatever, Mm -hmm. you get to a point where like the fans will come up with any reason to not like the scant few characters of color that they're offered and the writers will not really do a lot to make them likable they will not try to force these characters on fans they will do everything to sort of continue letting people's criticism of them control the character in a way that like if people had bitched about ray the way they'd bitched about mona which they wouldn't because he's a white man but the writers i think would have tried to wesley crusher it a little more and been like no no you'll like him if you give him a chance you just have to here's a bunch of episodes where we show you how cool and awesome and smart he is and how he saves the day all the time but they just sort of let people not liking mona like continue to happen and sort of 
because they were afraid like, of uh, so many of, of criticism of whatever they were cowardly about it and so they let the fans basically dictate how they were going to write the character and then write the character out of the narrative um so it's like the fans won't support they won't be willing because like we're willing as a fandom as a whole is willing to like give entire personalities backstories like dedicated family trees and deep lore for like random queen i i I was even just thinking i mean not to name names but i was just thinking most recent example was like hux um true and yeah no fandom is just like let's make up all this bullshit and there's no like anything to indicate any of it I i i am fine with that sort of usually but i am also like, you only ever do this for white men where it's like if you're gonna do this it's fine fandom is transformative but it, i can't help but also notice it's pretty only consistently applied to white men specifically like in terms of they're the ones who get like the reams mm-hmm. of fucking head cannons and like inter alternate mm-hmm. interpretations and things like that and it's just like please i'm so tired so yeah chicken egg scenario where it's like one just feeds into the other and it's only gotten worse now that the online has sort of made fandoms and creators interact more which upsets and horrifies me mm-hmm. hate it um okay do we want to talk about because because uh, her i've been i've been i've been gunning for this i've been really excited frothing at the mouth if you will um because you saw how abruptly they wrote mona off and you sort of made yes. a joke earlier about how uh brandon got like an 18 hour goodbye so like as someone who essentially watches tv as like a profession <laughs> Yes, and like, I spent all my time doing that. <laughs> um, can you talk to us about sort of how ridiculous the whole thing was? It's a whole lot of bullshit is what it was. I'm just going to go right there because they didn't need to have 16 fucking interviews with every single damn TV website that exists on the planet to tell us how sad he was that he was leaving. Listen, none of the other actors of color who have been fired off this freaking show have ever gotten that. So the fact that we literally have to watch him leave on the show and also behind the scenes, and he went on What's His Face from Smallville's uh, podcast yeah, and Rosenbaum. was very emotional. Like, look, it sucks getting fired, but you were literally there from the start when the show, season one was not good. And sometimes season five isn't good either, but like, it's definitely gone better in some ways. And so for them to write all of this for him, when this whole season's supposed to be about Zari 2.0 and, and Charlie, yeah, we didn't get any of that. And as someone who marathoned the show in one day, like literally the whole time, I was just like, "Why is this happening?" Because well, I think it's also a great moment. But like, what was the point? What was the actual point of putting so much effort into that specific plot point instead of giving everyone an equal amount of, you know, airtime? Well, and it obviously also it didn't do you any favors because he still went and did a thousand interviews about how upsetting it was. And he still threw Phil under the bus because as we know, CW president, Phil Clemmer making all those executive decisions. Hey, right. I, 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 I Oh, hold on. You first. This is because he's a Gemini moon. Honestly. Yes, this is, this is. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Probably for the best. And you I'm, don't need to. Oh, I'm you know what? Here's how you need to know. Brandon and Jimin have the same sun and moon sign. That's really cursed, and I feel really attacked. <laughs> oh, God. Um, Whereas Newman uses his evil for, like, sexy reasons, or his dark-sidedness for sexy reasons, Brandon uses his dark-sidedness to uh, bully the writers of Juicy's Legends of Tomorrow. So easy to bully uh, them, though. They are, like, the nerds he could just shove into the locker and not flinch if he was back in no, Iowa. They all yeah, deserve I- swirlies, first of all. If we're gonna bring back locker shoving, we need to also be giving some people some swirlies, and I'll Absolutely. say it, because, like... 
why can't we bully them to do what actually needs to be done? Because this show has the capacity to be really fucking good, but then it's like spaghetti on the wall. And then I'm like reading recaps because then I only watch episodes for certain characters because I just, I, I can't do it all in one go like you guys can. I appreciate no, it, but I, I can't. Oh my God, I, it's just too much. A bunch of other shows. I actually really am, I appreciate your perspective on this as someone who marathoned it because my, like I was gonna like my thing is is I'm like it's got to be so much fucking worse if you just watch it in a day where it's like it just you really must like I mean how did you feel seeing what like for us I think it was more frustrating in a different way because it was like week after fucking week we were turning tuning in to the same Ray centric right. episodes and being like okay can we go okay. are we good can we go but like how did it feel to sort of watch all of that, which was which dominated the season, like past the point of under being understandable. Um, how did it feel marathoning that? Like, what do you think that sort of? How did you think that affected the vibe of it just being this endless goodbye? I mean, I just think it's one of those things where, like, okay, so for just I can't even think of the word I'm trying to use, but for people who are going to be listening, I watch Legends in like chunks because it's just not a show that I can watch weekly because I have so much other things going on. And so past seasons, I've she's also getting a, She's getting a master's. Yeah. Um, and, no big and deal. Then, and then onto my PhD, and so my brain is fried. But what I think is... So she can't this, waste the cells on... She can't waste the cells on your <laughs> bullshit, Phil. Is that like watching this, these five episodes back-to-back versus last season's episodes back-to-back, I literally... I definitely did some fast forwarding, which I try not to do because literally I'm on this episode to talk about five episodes, but I, I just straight up was like, I can't do it. And there was a lot of me like cross-referencing with the recaps just to make sure I didn't miss anything important because nothing important fucking happened. Literally no, the whole damn time. Like, okay, you know what I did like about that arc? Fucking Nora. That was about it. Her telling her yeah. not to fuck the fuck yeah. off. That was that was all that was important from all of that. Because Ray's already an established character. He's already been established. We know everything we need to know about him. You can have him say goodbye in one episode and be done. Ugh. That's how I feel about it. No, I agree. Especially because, like, Nora... Like, we kind of talked about this in the last episode of, like, the, the season where we were like... It is something where, like, Nora was the character. If we were going to spend a whole fucking season saying goodbye to anybody it really and truly should have been nora because she only got introduced last fucking season so she was introduced in season three but she was a villain remember don't i don't sorry i don't remember how time works but like she wasn't in all of season three was she i don't fucking remember she was more recurring because she was um supposed to be trying to collect the totems and then ray was like maybe i'm in love with her and everyone was like like, i forgot what's the mcguffin this season uh, but I think that's kind of the, the point of this, right? Is that like with Nora, she it's not that Ray doesn't deserve to say goodbye. Like all characters deserve a goodbye, whatever. It's specifically his positionality as a white dude from the beginning, who we know from fucking Arrow is very different than Nora, who yeah. ends up becoming this character who, by the way, is a fucking survivor of trauma, right? Trying to like, I mean they all are, but like her specifically is related to her father and being possessed by a goddamn demon. And so, like, for her to not get to actually have a full arc outside of, like, dad is here because he thinks, like, he's coming to visit me, by the way. It's her arc, even her married. arc was about Ray. Like, yeah, that's what the hell, dude? About, like, and I, I, I want to be careful with this because it's like, listen, I genuinely do think that, like, falling in love with a healthy, having a healthy relationship um, yeah. would be good for you. Um, I don't yes, know if agreed. you... 
if you need to hear this, relationships are supposed to make you feel good. And I'm not saying that sarcastically. I'm saying that as somebody who needed that, like, you're supposed to feel good when you fall in love. It's supposed to be nice. Um, yes. Nora falling in love with Ray and that being her plot line with by itself would not be a bad way to handle that arc because it's like genuinely having a healthy relationship to make you see how unhealthy your other relationships are can be like a huge right. turning point. But Definitely. it's like she basically married Ray and then fucked off. Where it's like, no, what happened to like everything else about her character? Where it's like, this was a woman who like went from being like raised by demons in a satanic cult to like granting wishes to children who were in like shitty life environments for whatever reason. Where it's like, I would have watched an entire season about Nora helping kids who reminded her of herself because when this show is good when this show writes about trauma nine times out of ten it's actually really good at it which is not a compliment i give lightly so right. it's so disappointing to watch them shit the bed on so many other things about like this whole season because every little bit we got of like nora dealing with her dad and dealing with her upbringing and sort of overcoming that was so good and like you can tell that Courtney put a lot of love into how she portrayed it mm -hmm. and how important it was to her and like this was all just very necessary important content and then it just sort of ended and it ended when it ended when Ray left in such a way where it's like wow you guys some of you, and I clearly not all of the writers, but some of these writers clearly only gave a shit about her as like Ray's love interest and then decided that like, okay, she was done now. She got married to Ray. That 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 she's over now. She's she's resolved her entire emotional arc and plot points. And it's like, no, it doesn't work that way. Fuck you. Hey, because if we're gonna have to see like this whole thing be about Ray, then at least give us even one minute of her because like she doesn't really push back. She's like, Are you sure? But that's like it. She says it that once. And, like, we don't get to see any kind of grappling of, like, are you actually sure you want to leave the ship for me? And why are you saying that you want to leave the ship for me? Because Damien Dark says so? Like, what? How is yeah, that like, related? Since to when do we listen to my dad? Like, Damien, like, the fact that Damien, because, yeah, you're right. Putting it from that perspective is, like, and another thing. Having Damien be <laughs> the one, like, I, you have to take care of her. I Fuck you. Like, I mean, the fact that I know it's Ray, but the fact that he's like, oh, you don't get to, you don't get to wish her well. You don't get to want, like, fuck you. You don't get to pretend like you wanted better for her at any point in your life. Fuck off. I mean, I will also like, say no. there's a lot of, oh, sorry, go ahead. I mean, and this is a Legends writer's problem more than it is a Courtney okay. and Brandon problem. But yeah, um, there's a lot of stuff that happened with Nora this season that should have happened last season, especially because Nate was going through his shit with his dad. And it would have been a really nice parallel. Yes, um, exactly. It's been a really good parallel. And they just didn't bother. And then I guess they somebody they realized at the last minute that they had, but we like didn't need to see Damien Dark again necessarily. Could have been a damn letter. He could have written a letter from hell. Like there could have been sixty yeah. other ways to do it without making the episode. Because then even Sarah and Ava and everybody else and her mom gets brought into this whole situation, and it ends up being like even at that point, Nora and doesn't get to have a different own thing. thing. Well, my favorite thing is that that Courtney and Brandon are like, I think these are two of the best episodes Legends of De has done. And I'm like, mm, I wouldn't say that. Mm, bold choice of words. <laughs> but I don't get to yell at them and also pretend you like them. No, I mean, I, I do. I can. Uh, people are vast. Have... Like Courtney a lot. I actually, I, really, I, mean, I love Courtney. 
No, no, I meant I meant Brandon and Courtney in the response to the writers, not you oh, two. Yeah. Well, thank you. Oh, I, I was gonna say. Uh, I was gonna say what I have with Brandon now is more of that. Um, Ari, what's that thing in Homestuck where you hate each other but it's sexy? This. Oh dear God. Thank you. I have a more because with Brandon now. Homestuck. The relationship quadrant is actually an incredibly like interesting way to like contextualize and categorize relationships. And I'm sure I'm probably saying that because I'm autistic, but it makes sense. Like it. Where's my train of thought? Shit. Um, Sorry, I'm not laughing at you too. I'm just laughing at. Like, no, we're not. You're not defending Homestuck. Shut the fuck up and like shut my higher functions down. So hold on. Um, I think it's also something where we had with Nora where it's like you didn't really they kind of I don't I truly don't one of the things we talked about with the season um I think we really realized this by like the episode after Bugsy Siegel not the Genghis Khan one I don't remember where we were like okay what the season has fundamentally is a problem with scheduling where it's like you can just tell how much of this was written around actors not being there first and foremost but also actors like they were so not just they were desperate to give brandon this 18 fucking episode goodbye but also that like actors were going off to do other projects or actors were involved with this mm -hmm. and other like, shows or making their own movie and like good for them genuinely but you could kind of tell it was starting to make things super difficult for how they wrote episodes and I think this is where the CW's kind of irregular schedule bit them in the ass, where it's mm -hmm. like the way that the, the how this show airs is not on a normal TV schedule. So it's like you can't even plan around it the same way that like you might be able to plan around like a regular filming and airing schedule on a regular network um, to do movies where I think there would maybe be more coordination and ability to plan that mm -hmm. just doesn't happen on the CW so that was another like it was like I think this 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 season could have been good with one of these things sort of dragging it down and hindering it, but not with like both because you had too little of actors that you couldn't plan for or schedule in properly and whose absences you didn't really do a very good job of writing around. And on top of that, you were spending way too much time developing and and not even developing but giving time to a character and i'm calling brandon uh, ray out for this specifically because like nora is a whole other problem uh a character who was about to stop being relevant like completely like what are you fucking doing right well and i think what makes it interesting too is a scheduling point you know like with katie she's out for two episodes because she's preparing to direct and direct so that makes sense and like they did an okay job with that but then the i the honestly didn't yeah. miss, i didn't really miss her i was like no, i thought that I, was actually really good for everybody it was actually very cathartic yeah. and great for everybody to sort of because they all get to yeah. do their own thing, which was yep. good for the yeah. characters, and it allows the actors some room to breathe because there's not so much. Like I make this joke all the time, but the show is not Grace. It cannot handle the sheer number of people that Grace has, and that's why I think the show is really struggling right now. Is because I think I was talking to, to you about it, Rachel. There's like what yeah. sixteen something people who are regulars, recurring guests, whatever, and then they're all just like, yeah. this is like a tour wheel that's broken. The scheduling board is broken. There is not enough like coordination of anybody even though they film it all in a row back to back to air so like they should be well, able to do this better what and, the heck and, and let's not and let's not throw let, let's also throw another white man under the bus while we're here because i think this is fair um i'm supposed to do with my life 
Um, yeah, I, like, like, why else do we John do this? Got, John Constantine, and maybe it's because he's been so close with Charlie's plot this season that I've kind of been giving him more of a pass. But we were promised yeah. a lot more about Astra that has essentially just been made about John. Where I'm like, hi, Phil. Which I think to a point, like I think I think their relationship in and of itself is interesting, but I I think you're right, and I gave it a pass because I do appreciate uh, it, it's annoying, but I will say I appreciate them using the opportunity to do something that the Hellblazer comics usually avoid, like the fucking plague, which is to point out that John Constantine is pretty shitty towards the women in his life on like a right. constant basis. So right. I guess I didn't mind so much because she was tied up in it but in such a way that was like hey john you're a fucking wreck um and you need to improve and like that is good but it is also well, frustrating other, yeah. that was a huge chunk of her plot and involvement in the season was kind of just sort of being like a moral, a moral uh, what are you looking for i'm not even a morality pet but more like a morality like a, chain morality chain is a little morality chain would be like he is basically her morality chain um because she would probably be like she can't quite kill him and her his connection to her mom is keeping her i think from going like full oh like, also whatever. uh and this is something i don't even know if legends realizes they they're doing this but our friend gab also pointed out that all of john's like significant love interests Des, Natalie, and now I—I I mean, like he and Charlie are obviously going to bang. We all know this. Yeah, they might not stay permanent um, love interests, but they're definitely banging. Um, all, all of people his, of color. Yeah, are 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 black people specifically. Yeah, where it's kind of like, and then their lives end up getting ruined to John Constantine because of John Constantine, and it's like, well, uh, I mean, I guess I I can appreciate what Ari was it's saying, sort of like, where it's like you can pick up on it, and I think extrapolate on it but it's sort of that thing where i'm like you would have to be really observant and i think already a, a certain kind of viewer to be poised to notice that and i'm not saying and actually i usually think it's kind of a bad idea when characters stop and turn to the screen and go now here's how we're going to explain what the moral of this is supposed to be but i do think let me break down for you sociologically what just happened so we don't we don't need and now sasha valor calmly summarizes what just happened like we don't need that what but is we she do. coming on can we afford her I, oh my god <laughs> with what with what two dollars what money actually um, i'm assuming the reason brandon got fired was for the money so i mean i mean like, have have i was i was actually gonna ask you that i was gonna like had you heard anything about like actually why he was fired or were we all just assuming probably rightly so that it's because they didn't want to pay him anymore. a thousand fucking characters yeah and he it's was just too expensive. Characters and it's what? So this is season five. And if they're mm -hmm. on your, by your schedules, then season six, he would have been up for another contract. And he would have been oh. able to be like, pay me more. Uh, we cannot even begin to afford. Yeah. No, not yeah. even maybe. Because I think um, most shows, they do they do the one-year contract for the first season. But because this was a spinoff, it's kind of in a weird situation and then it's usually six-year contract but because the show's whole shtick is we have like our six thousand regulars and then a billion other recurring the contract negotiations and the cost for these characters plus based also like matt for example probably gets paid more than some of the other people because he's got a whole history of other roles that he's had i i can say with confidence that that is true because of this they just don't have enough money to go around for all of the people especially at the regular level if they if they pay everyone as they're recurring 
then they get paid less. But if your contract is all of these people are regulars, here's $2 for each of you. Good luck. Next well, voice, you, what, you guys are getting paid? That I want to <laughs> expound on briefly. When you mentioned that this is a spinoff, so the rules are different. So can you please elaborate on that? Because I'm fascinated. Yeah, so usually a show when it's picked up and it's piloted and all of that jazz, you get your first year contract with the idea that if it's renewed, we're going to do a new contract for an next period of time. So usually, okay. like Arrow is a really good example. They had to pay Steven. I know we all hate him, but they had to pay him a ton of money to come back for this last season because he was ready to walk away. So this, the DCTV, CW, everyone involved, working WB, working to pay him and anyone else to come back to that season, they would have all had to pay them a lot more. It's also why with Supergirl, for example, everyone expects it to be ending next year because Melissa's contract is six years, plus she's pregnant and with COVID, who knows if she's even going to want to come back and film with anything. With Legends, because it was one of the newest spinoffs and all of the characters are from other shows, the contract negotiations, from my understanding of the world that is TV, it's totally different. Like, it's still the same in that you have to pay everybody the amount that they're considered worth paying, but because they're all coming in at different times, and right now the only originals we have left are what? Four people, if I'm counting properly? No, nope, just two. Katie and Dominic. And Dominic Purcell is somehow I mean, I don't even know what's going on with Dominic Purcell. Because, like, Dominic Purcell posted, I think last year, like, a joke post on his Instagram that he's like, my contract is up in 2021. But then this year was like, I'm really proud to be on this show, and I'm happy to be on it, and I'm not leaving. Where I'm like... Wait. Press F, Nate isn't from season one. Wow, time is not real. You're right, so it is Nate, only two. Nate, Nate feels like he's from season one because season one does not feel like the same fucking show. Like, my the real Nate the Haywood was the friends. Maybe the real Nate Haywood was all the fun <laughs> experiences we had with Nick Zano along the way. <laughs> it is something where, like, Nate feels like he's from season one because he was technically from, like, the first episode of season two onwards. But yeah, season one oh does God. not the same show like it's wild um but yeah i it's so fucking fascinating to me because i didn't know that but yeah if everybody's contracts are resetting at a different time basically um that's one probably how they're managing to juggle everybody um yeah. and how everybody kind of do this like weird fucking square dance of coming in coming out coming in coming out and like that's just really cool but i also have another question quick because this is something where i'm not sure if the cw like because they're in vancouver are they still held to like actors union like so all of the actors are usually so they're all usually with the um actors guild and then the writers are with the writers guild and so from my understanding they are but like that's why it gets confusing because they have different episodes that they're on and they're also like guests, so okay, here's a really good example, totally separate TV show, American Gods, if any of the listeners or if you two paid attention to any of it at all. The reason why American Gods kept showing up in the news beyond the fact that Brian, <laughs> Brian Fuller can't start or end a show ever, and also everyone behind the scenes of that show is a complete disaster. They had people, actors on the show writing, which like isn't allowed. And so all of the guilds had to get together to make sure that like no one was breaking contracts. So I think that's also part of the issue is that if you have 23 cast members, like again, bringing it back to Grace, a lot of those people only show up for like two scenes. And it's fine because they were never meant to show up for more of those two scenes. But the Legends writers have all of these characters and they try to use them all as full regular characters, but they're not all actually allowed to do that. And so then you have, like you guys mentioned, people coming in and out and filming around them. 
but they don't write it well. So then we're like, well, where did Charlie go? Why is Matt not here? Why are these people missing? And then when they all show up for five seconds, there's like 16 people on screen and you can't keep up with it all. That was really thorough and I super appreciate it yeah, because thank honestly, you. that kind of completely recontextualized my understanding, especially this season where I think the glamour is starting to like, where it's like they can't quite hide that this is where everything is sort of going. Um, yeah. Because yeah, that's a big, that's also really interesting to me because that's like the whole, uh, this is comics related. So I'm going to, cause that's the thing where it's like with, with comics, you cannot write and edit for, I think basically the Wait. same reason that you can't exactly. like act and write. So that was the whole big deal with the current Marvel chair, where it was like he mm -hmm. broke that rule by pretending to be an Asian man, which uh, bad. Cursed so illegal. Which I don't even have. Listen, we do. We don't have time to get into that. Holy shit! Um, <laughs> but it, it's kind of it's fascinating to me. Like one, I think that's like a really smart rule, but also seeing how people break it is just fucking crazy but yeah american gods i the only time i ever saw american gods was like when something fucking insane was happening on the set and it was just like well that sounds about what i expected um i mean i think one of the weird things about the legends cast is that they all genuinely actually seem to really like each other which is which which, which does not happen no, and I think that's what makes Legends so funny with all of the chaos on screen because it means that, like, for them behind the scenes, it must be even more annoying. Because they all spent what? What was it? The interview? They all spend time at Matt's house, and they just like hang out there all the time. Yeah, like, they hang out at each other's houses a lot. I mean, I know that Nick Zana will just drop his child off with Matt Ryan, <laughs> living their best lives. Really, I don't think they were personally your child with, but I do. <laughs> this kind of this interests me because it's like. This is the problem, well, not a problem, but this is sort of a unique stumbling block that television has that non-live action television mediums don't really have to deal with, where it's like, when you have, I actually really like big ensemble casts. A lot of this, I think probably just because I read a lot of fantasy novels, and most of those have like right. 20 fucking named characters at any given moment by default. So... Right. It's like you can do that in a book because you're not negotiating like union contracts with the characters, but then adapting those things becomes massively difficult. And this is also like in comics, comics that have huge ensemble casts can be good. I actually tend to appreciate solo comics where there's a pretty good non-superhero supporting cast if done really well it's such a hit or miss situation but obviously everybody also likes the big team up book i think i've just sort of gotten tired of them because it feels like that's literally all that exists in comics anymore that aside it's something where it's like they're trying to ape that comic book feel of like here's a thousand characters and they're all going to be hanging out and they're all going to be having adventures and doing shit together but like, and that's great. And I think it's part of what gives the show its sort of comic book. Like, it, it, it's not even a comic book adaptation. It's literally a, a show that feels like a comic book. Um, okay. You know, a lot of the characters at this point are OCs or their source material is wildly not consistent with okay. the uh, adaptation, Hellblazer. But, like, mm -hmm. it it really does sort of lend a uniqueness to this show that keeps me watching it in a way that like, I don't watch a lot of other Cape shows anymore because I'm saturation. Um, and a lot of Cape I, shows are so dark. So fucking grim, like unbearably fucking grim. Like I can't take it anymore. But like- Yes, comics are grim, but like the one Drado Legends, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just, the one Drado Legends is I, that it's really like bright. 
and, yeah. and and there's so much more from it so that when it's good it's actually really good and enjoyable yeah but like all other shows are just like with... no you first oh, sorry, go sorry. Ahead. No, 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 you first. <laughs> We're all really excited. No. It's just like Legends just has so much more to offer than all the other grimdark shit does. Because like, what's the point? Also, the world is literally on fire. I have no energy for that shit right now. Yeah, I literally, I, I can't. Like, I can't. Like, I'm, I'm more so. Than, I had to stop watching Castlevania because I'm like, okay, Warren, I get it. The human race is inherently. I, I get. It. Like, oh I my god, conversation <laughs> with somebody whose opinion I really respect, and she's super fucking smart. Um, and we kind of had a conversation about Warren Ellis's sort of how his misanthropy just sort of drips off everything he's ever written. And I've read a lot of his stuff, but like how different it is in a fantasy setting, because it's like he hasn't really written any sort of fantasy stuff prior where it's like you you fall into a lot of like rhetorical traps where it's like you can only get so much humans or bastards kind of stuff going on before you start to feel like okay but then why are the villains every people who want to kill humans if you are so gung-ho humans deserve to die why are the villains people like because you know like god damn it warren anyway i don't time i have to start watching it this is so fucking bleak i physically can't i feel like i'm dying watching this we'll get back to it but um (laughs) but but i'll finish it later i'll finish it later um i did really like it i just again Jesus. But like it Legends has more in common with Common Rider than it has with American superhero shows. And I have I not watched love that no. comparison. That's perfect. It really, I mean, like, I used to fucking love Sentai shows, and I really do need to go back and watch a couple. I need to watch Common Rider Fours because that was the guy who That reminds me, I have the whole pink um Sentai Hero outfit in Animal Crossing, including the dress. Oh yeah. If you want it. Um, no, oh, oh yeah, if you order it. Yeah, that, that'd be awesome. Um, That Inspiring. is, I do think that's, I think, a more appropriate sort of comparison point, but also is kind of an example about how none of that stuff sort of exists on American TV, um, unless it's being marketed towards very, very young children, where it's like, I mean, obviously you have Power Rangers is still going strong. Don't worry. All of my kids at work still have Power Rangers stuff. It's not maybe as big as it was, like, even when I was a kid, but, like, it's still there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's kind of something that we import and dub more than make ourselves. And so I think that's kind of a refreshing aspect to Legends, where it's like, this is actually something I vibe with super hard. And I think is a really fun way to do a superhero show, especially an ensemble superhero show, because I think a lot of American superhero shows are haunted by the specter of super friends um and also like all of the weird schlocky like 70s we didn't have a budget we didn't really know what special effects were uh here's here's the flash kind of shows where it's like they'll have the actors from those shows cameo but like they don't really they're clearly like uncomfortable with that legacy um and they're so afraid of being seen as like kitty material where i'm just like i don't i don't know why anyone feels that way anymore because i'm like endgame made more money than god where it's like, I think at this point, we've firmly passed the cultural anxiety of superheroes are just for baby idiots. But like a lot of TV shows still behave like this is the case where I'm just like, what are you, you can just do, you can just do this now and it's fine. You're fine. Mm-hmm. Be free, please, for the love of God. Um, so Legends not doing that is genuinely something that usually works in its favor, where I think it embraces the fundamental goofiness of comics 
um even comics i really like sometimes i'm just like yeah they're still really kind of dumb and that's fine um i don't think comics is a subtle medium i think that's okay i don't think things have to be subtle to be good um and legends also usually understands that uh we had some problems with that in the first season but then it kind of got over that and i think it really is a better show for it um so that's more of an overall like thing i liked about the season than i like about every season but they have been leaning into it more and more consistently. And when this season was not just extended Brandon Routh goodbye, they were doing it even harder. So that was nice. Um, I mean, I hey, think... Also, I hold mean, on. Wait, uh, I'm sorry. This is fucking, We didn't have an encore in the Romeo and Juliet episode, right? Like, it's not like Shakespeare like, came back from hell. They just, like, time traveled to see to see Shakespeare, right? Um, they were... They, they, we are done with encores. Now we're all about looking for the loom, baby. Okay. Encore, encore. Is that that doesn't matter anymore. Well, it's just so weird. It was such. I didn't realize they weren't going to be continuing it, continuing with it into next season, half the season. I mean, that maybe they so will, but I doubt it. Okay, so it's see, so I have a question. As a, as a casual viewer, as a casual viewer, I would like to know why the writers do this to themselves. Why make the encores even exist if the whole premise is Astra's letting people out of hell when we're not even getting to see Astra every fucking episode? As a dedicated viewer, I would also like to ask the same question. I'm sorry, like as a casual, I'm just like, no, this is a this is a real question I have all the okay, time. Okay, hold on. Phil Palmer, Phil Palmer is in my kitchen. He's holding a gun on me, and he has handed me this note, which I will now read aloud. Um, fuck y'all. <laughs> but it is like sometimes the writers just do this to themselves in a way where I'm like. I just, I feel like one of the benefits to not being as involved with the other DC TV shows is they get to have that really silly vibe. One of the drawbacks is I don't think they're getting a lot of oversight. And you actually need a certain level of oversight and editorial to make good content, Look, I would argue. That's the thing, most right? of the time. You don't even need like oversight. You just need someone to fucking edit over there. I don't, it's like, it's like Project Runway yeah. and Drag Race. No yeah. one's editing. <laughs> No one's at it. We literally, we need to get Lee Dawson in on the ground. I mean, genuinely, <laughs> I would happily watch the show of a Lee Dawson edited episode of Legends of Tomorrow. But like, I mean, it is a genuine. Lee Dawson episode of Legends of Tomorrow would just be every time like Mick comes on screen, it cuts to that one um, adult actress who's British and she has the huge fake um, boobs who's always doing like silly videos where she, huh? she did the, he would just cut to that constantly. And we'd be like, we get it. We get okay. it. We get it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Super helpful. Anyway, like it, it really does. I just, sometimes I'm like, it doesn't have to be this way, but I do think they're kind of on their own about a lot of things. And again, that can prove to their advantage. And then it, and then sometimes it doesn't. Um, and especially very apparent when it comes to scheduling, where I feel like maybe if more people were involved, like if more people outside of the show sort of inner circle of the EPs and the writers were involved with making the show, maybe somebody would have said, you guys have to schedule this better because this is going to be a fucking wreck. But because nobody really cares what they do when they can't sort of sustain themselves or they fall into these scheduling conflicts, there's really nobody to like help them back out of it. Um, which can be kind of, which I don't really, you know, it's not their fault. And I'm also like, listen, if you guys had to do everything the network said, this would probably not be a very good show because there, there is a balance. Like you don't want Twin Peaks season two levels of meddling, oh but you do also <laughs> want like, that's kind of my go-to in terms of- I completely of, like, forgot to put Dale and Audrey on the 
gap quiz. You did because no, that's a bit first. Kyle McLaughlin is a fucking coward. Like David. Kyle Dan- McLaughlin went to the went to the Dominic Purcell School of Cowardice. <laughs> David Lynch will back me up on this personally. He is a fucking coward for not. Um, but it is something where you know I do think this is. This show is pretty good. This show has a lot working for it in its favor in terms of running itself, where it's like the cast all likes each other, a miracle in and of itself. Um, the writer. I need to. I need to. I need to, I need to ask something because, like, y'all know what people say about TV sets. We're like, you know, actors. We don't hire actors because they're smart. We hire them because they're hot. Right. Especially. Are they, are they all fucking? Maybe. I don't like the I don't I don't like the octave we went to. <laughs> I feel that's a question. I like I don't want to ring that bell because once you ring here's, that bell, it you unrung. Here's the bell I will ring. Everybody in Vancouver lives with each other from the CW in all variety of combinations across all of the TV shows. So clearly they all like each other enough to deal with that. That is what I will say. And that is actually God I mean, bless like, Candace Patton, a fucking saint. So I will say, even if we're like even outside of like relationship stuff, like I'm just like they clearly have to like each other's company. Um because in Vancouver, can, there's nothing to do there. It's raining all the goddamn time. Like nothing to do there. And they actually like I mean, I understand that certain things are posted for PR purposes. Like I'm not I'm not stupid, but at the same right. time, I'm like, you don't post this level of constant Instagram shit of you hanging out with everybody else on your set in your fucking house if you don't actually kind of enjoy being around these people you don't just um, drop off your child with matt ryan <laughs> the but it's, worst and it's also i mean there. i will say you know my my boss at the fundamentals the fundamentals and i talk about this all the time as far as the cw that like the younger actors are concerned like ruby rose regardless of how we feel about them like they're living with someone from Nancy Drew, like all of these shows, the new ones, all, there's a whole bunch of cross-pollination with the people living with each other. They all go to, um, oh God, I just forgot her name. Uh, Kelly's actress from Supergirl. She hosts um, game nights and As- they all hang out. Azzy? Azzy. Azzy. So like they all, you know, especially with all of the bullshit they have to deal with from the fans, they well, definitely yeah. created like a family of of people, and that isn't the case for all of the other network Vancouver shows. So I think at the very least, especially post Bosses from Hell, especially the one who was fired, who I will not name, but yeah. uh, F him, they all really banded together to support each other, which I think is really cool. Yeah. I mean, I think it's also, we can also just point out right here, I mean, this isn't related to Legends at all, but I think it's always just been so nice that like Katie is friends with like everyone. Katie and her Candace live together. <laughs> no, not Katie, not Katie Lots, Katie Cassidy. Oh yeah, no, she's great. She loves everybody. It's awesome. And like, she's probably why they didn't actually kill off Dinah Drake because they and just took away her cry. Where I'm oh, like, yeah. oh yeah, I I'm think like, it is- Katie Cassidy is out here being an absolute hero. We could do and a also whole maybe just about that. <laughs> and maybe, and yeah. also maybe she and uh, Juliana can date in real life? Question mark. Um, I will say I think that that's Emily Bet Records seeing that Katie get over herself. <laughs> Emily Bet Records seeing that fucking Katie was getting a divorce, just picking up her phone. I'm coming back for the Arrow series finale. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will. I do think that it is something where it's just because this is the fundamental thing in entertainment, where it's like it. 
matters when people, if people like you, if you have a reputation as somebody who's easy to work with and likable, that is such a make or break difference in terms of people wanting to continue working with you. Obviously there are exceptions to this. Um, you know, you hit a certain point and you hit a certain level of fame and it doesn't really matter. But like when it comes to like TV acting, you know, you have have to be like, so Katie, Katie might, if Katie had not been so nice and so involved with every other actor. And I, I think that probably might have had Laurel just disappear for good. Even if DC was like, what the fuck you have to bring her back. They might've not, they might've recast her. They might've said, well, this is just going to be the new black canary. And we'll, but like Katie came back specifically because Katie had so many connections on the the larger cw sets and i do think that that's kind of cool where it's like i don't like you said like that doesn't really happen on other networks where it's not like everybody on a fucking cbs drama is not sharing an apartment complex where it's like that i think kind of lends to a weird sort of organicness of the acting where it's just Mm -hmm. like especially with legends because legends is so it's, it's such a slice of life kind of fucking i almost said superhero anime jesus fucking christ um, all right season six goals <laughs> it oh is, my god it, it is somewhere between tiger Listen. and bunny and nichiju in terms of how crocus itself like well, and that's never cool. get tv again <laughs> animation would be the best way for them to actually get an episode out because animation is currently the only thing still working I mean, genuinely. Listen, I mean, maybe I I have been wishing for a very long time that we had more animated series on the um in the world, and I didn't. I promise, I did not. I wasn't on a monkey's paw. I made double sure of that. I have nothing to do with this. I, I mean... do. I do love that this show is able to carry such a cartoonish vibe in live action, though, because that is actually really fucking difficult to pull off for a variety of reasons. Um. But I do think that, yeah, that sort of, you know, we joke sometimes about like, oh my God, is this even acting? But there are times on the show where I'm like, yeah, you're just getting the vibe of like people who like each other and hang out a lot. And since a lot of Legends B plots are just everyone hanging out on the Wave Rider or in 1675, it works really well. And it's, again, another big point in the show's favor. All right, um, hold on. I have to use the. I'm just going to um, excuse myself to go to the ladies' room really quickly. You guys can keep what? talking if you want. I'll be back. No, in like, no, yeah, yeah, you're good. Um, I was actually about to say, I'm like, we've been too nice. Are we going to get to the part? I mean, I don't. I the big thing we've been doing this season that I've apologized for a couple of times. Where I'm like, I feel like we've gotten really not like we've been mean before because we started recording this podcast around the middle of season two, so we hey. were total. We got really, we fucking went in on them over the Doom World thing because there were so many really dumb, awful things that went on during Doom World. Um, But like this has been, I think seasons three and four got so much better that we very rarely had negative things. We would talk about like individual negative problems, but like we didn't really... And we would bitch about the finales usually because the finales never really know how to stick the landing. But in... I think this is probably the season we've been the most negative about on the overall since season two, which is kind of sad where it's like, there's a lot that's changed tonally from season two to season five, but they've backslid on so many other fundamentals where I'm like, it doesn't even really matter because you guys fucked up so many other things where it's like, we're not being negative about the same things we were in season two. 
but there's still a ton of stuff to be negative about because you hate your actors of color and I think that's the problem, right? And I mean, I've talked about this on Twitter. Like, the the part of the reason why Marathon Legends, beyond the fact that, like, right now, I I mean, I only just started my PhD program. I was working the last two years, so it's not like I didn't have time to watch the show. Is that I am very cautious about it's watching working. the show because it's done some super racist shit. Like, it just has. The writers have. Oh, and yeah. so going into the shows, I'm always like, okay, let me read the recap. And then let me see what Ari and Rachel are saying on Twitter because you two are the only people I trust that watch the show anyway. And then... um. Yeah. You know, with Zari, I, I I freaking love Zari. I talk about Zari on like every other episode of That's Wrong because she's the single Muslim character besides Yasmin Khan and Doctor Who has who has been mostly treated really really well. And when Zari 2.0 was announced, I immediately was like, if you guys fuck her up, I'm going to sue, and I'm going to fight Phil Clemmer in the streets because Zari is really really important to me as a character. And like, yeah. I mean. Uh, less that's said about Guggs is better, but at least his brother married a Muslim woman, and so we got her in the show. Question mark. Shout out to the Guggs brother who married a Muslim woman. I don't know even know like which brother it is, but oh, anyway. Yes. <laughs> but I think it. what's hard too is like we only have these five episodes, so maybe the episode that we do after the full show is finished will be a slightly totally different thing because we will have had the back half to actually analyze. But so far, yeah. I'm not very inspired. I mean, yeah, these these titles are I, I, okay. Like Great British Bake Fake Off, which is the episode after next week. Sorry, not sorry. That's pretty exciting. Like, I really like. Are they going to like? What are they doing with food? Like, is Zari coming out? You know, and like I am really, legends. Really, really fielding to be there, I think, is my fundamental thing. Um, I also I, I think it. I'm so like I have to agree with you because like we talked to Tala before. After Hey World, before the start of this season, um, and she, because we were like, we were like adamant that I was like, Zari, Zari 2.0 could have been a war criminal. And I would have been like, we stand because I, because fuck you, because out of spite more <laughs> right. than anything. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I will say like, you deserve to be here because there are so many war criminal white men that we, we all know and love. So like, fuck it. But she wasn't. And that, right. that, that matters. But I just remember how apologetic tala was where she was like we were just like hey we're really looking forward to it and she's like i know she's gonna be kind of a bitch and i know everyone's not gonna like her to start with like to the point where i'm like i don't know if that's how tala anything. Or, or i mean like it's one of those things where i'm like did they because it was such a consistent line with everything that was said up in interviews i'm almost like did the pr people there's got to be at least one PR agent I I hope so I almost am like did they pull you aside and be like here's how you have to talk about this to fans because we're worried about backlash because people are dumb and stupid sometimes and um, okay fill me in what are we talking about we were mostly just talking about Zari and like the and how important she was and how important it was for them to not fuck her up and you know they didn't oh yeah I mean, you know as as strong female character expert Nixana said to me really um, need him <laughs> No, okay, this was, I'm not sure if I told you, Sahar, I'm not sure if I told you this story in, like, its full glory, but... No, just what was on Twitter. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I really need to distill for you the emotion of, like, me being, like, I feel so bad that Tala was being, like, apologetic for it, and she seemed to feel, like, bad, and he's, like, well, she really loves Zari 1, and Zari 1 was, like, so important as a female character, because she was, like, to have a female character that's, like, smart and, like, also that powerful is, like, really important, and I'm, like... How fucking dare you? It was so fucking much. The, Do you know who Nick I leaves, am? When Nick leaves, he's allowed an 18-hour goodbye. But that's it. 
Because that would be a That's, hilarious yeah. 18 hours goodbye. When Nick, when Nick Zano leaves, he has a lot of goodbye, and we are licensing that Samore, but that is the only time. We're allowed. I was actually going to say, when Nick Zano leaves, it doesn't need to be an 18 hour goodbye, but we are going to do a We Didn't Start the Fire of all the things Nate has done on the show. I think, I think that's fair. I honestly um, think Nick's going to be here until... Yeah. Until the show. Yeah. yeah, I think I think they do need their affable white guy, and since Brandon's gone, I Phil, think Nick we fired the shorter one, right? Them? <laughs> no, <Phil. laughs> no, no, honey. But like, I do, motherfucker. I think, I think it's. I mean, I'm almost kind of. Rachel mentioned this, and it's sort of something where I'm where you mentioned where they were like they do a, they do a good job with. Zari and then Charlie and Amaya but they also don't give them a lot of time where it's like we end up really liking them but also I think probably if you did like a minute by minute screen time analysis they would probably have pretty low like runtime um and that's kind of that weird frustrating thing to deal with where it's like I like this character a lot and I almost have to be like not that I think it's a good thing that she doesn't have screen time but I'm almost like would you guys fuck this up if she had more screen time? Would you find a way to like write yourself into a corner or do something stupid where it's like, what's that comfortable medium for what's like, does that, does that comfortable medium exist even? Or like, would it be worth like, it's the thing where it's like, I think if the writer's room had Muslim women on its staff, then it would be worth sort of being like, Zari. I mean, Zari still needs more screen time. But I would maybe be more excited to see it and maybe a little less like, oh, God, this is going to be such a fucking nightmare because they're going to do something really stupid with it. Um, Like they kind of sort of did near the end of Hey World where they tried to parallel the Argus thing to the magical creatures being oppressed, even though I'm like, you should oppress that Pee Wee Herman puppet. He knows what he fucking did. (laughs) So like, (laughs) the immigration thing thing Legends did was very not ideal because I was like... It was bad. That was bad. And that's all. Like, this is something where, I mean, like, this is... We should not have done this one. Yeah. Put it back in the box. I'm genuinely glad you're here. I mean, for a lot of reasons. One, because you understand, like, you put a lot of things in context and we're super grateful. But it's also, like, sometimes I think Rachel and I bring up that something is a problem and then drop it and just be like, you're going to have to figure that one. Like, we don't, if there's any yeah, grievances well, about I mean, Zara. For, for people who don't know, I'm Muslim, but I'm from Bangladesh. But what I was going to say is... First of all, I appreciate that you two even talk about it because LOL, all three of us know how many people on Twitter and Tumblr do not want to touch it with a 10-foot pole because it's a lot easier for them to... Well, you know what? I'm not going to go there. But but it's a lot easier for them to uh, focus on certain characters instead of actually being like, this show has some problems. But what I think, uh, Ari, what you were saying, I completely agree. You know, if they don't have the writers for it, they shouldn't put too much effort into doing it. Like, And by effort, I mean screen time for Zari because they're going to fuck it up. But that is also why I'm really interested to see what the second half is all about. Because we've got Zari not Zari, yeah. right, coming up. And then we've got this whole, clearly the back half is leading to whatever's going on with Astra, whatever's going on with Charlie, which is related to Charlie, actually, because of the implications they've been giving us in the scenes in hell. And so at what point then does the show end up becoming here all of our characters of color actually solving the problem with all of the white characters? Also, uh, they, I, still, well, remember, they still... Sorry, go ahead. Sarah's going to be getting a superpower. 
Right. And so because of that, I'm like, they're still going to have problems with how they wrote everybody. And they're still going to have issues with all of the filming. So what is the actual end product? And we won't know until it ends. But I just, like, I don't know. Can you just let the writers, I mean, can you just let the actors do what they do instead of putting them in weird situations? Because I think that solves another problem is they're like, let's write as many funny things as we can or let's write as many fun things that we can. But they're not thinking about how it all ties together. And so it just becomes this very weird up and down you know all of the seasons have had this problem and this happens in all the other dc tv shows too because the crossover which is what i was going to say 30 minutes ago but totally forgot to is that the, the crossover fucked over the season too like less so this is fucking problem every other season where it's like the first four episodes of the season basically don't count because they're just like everyone is sitting there tapping their feet and looking at their watch and waiting for the crossover to happen so it was kind of nice that that happened less so this season, um, for sure. Not that it didn't still, I mean, not that they didn't find other ways to kill time, but I also appreciate the thing you said about how, yeah, this is a very random events plot. And I mean, one could even say that the legends every episode are basically just having a bizarre adventure. And then I just look at the camera. And then what did you just, no, 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 What did you fucking say to me? What the fuck did you just say to me, you little... Oh no. <laughs> Ari's gonna die. <laughs> oh my god, that was terrible. But like, yes, genuinely, this is like a random events plot kind of problem where it's like they don't they can't decide if they want to just do full monster of the week or if they want to have an overarching plot. And it's kind of annoying because their overarching plots seem to involve their characters of color more often. On the yes. whole, like even in other seasons, like we had Amaya and Kwasa were like the, the yep. main sort of overarching part of season two. And then and then it ended up being a big Bebo fight. But like the actual day-to-day plot elements don't feature these characters as prominently. So it's know. like they can say it like, oh, this is Zari season or oh, this is Charlie season. And technically, in terms of the overarching plot, I mean, I guess, but then the actual day-to-day functioning of the show, they're way more unimportant in terms of like not that they're unimportant, but like they don't matter as much to the day-to-day narrative of each new sitcom plot, which is kind of it's like me, a weird okay. And this is this is gonna piss some people off but i can't tell if it's because their white characters aren't that interesting or if it's because they don't actually how to write like i so it's two things they don't know how to write any of these characters but so they spend all of this time doing these overarching plots the characters of color and then they have the white characters be the main people for each episode by episode thing but then when you actually read like a whole like if you were to summarize each season and talk about what actually happens in all the seasons you would still end up being like we don't actually know because it still ends up being like 16 different plots instead of just like each episode has one bad guy or two whatever bad guys and then this all connects if it all connected it would be fine but these encores don't even fucking connect beyond the fact that astra let them out so there's still no right like there wasn't even like oh we're gonna you could have tried to come up with like some sort of thematic like they're all like they couldn't even decide how bad they wanted to make the characters, which I know was something we sort of bitched about 
while it was happening where it's like you cannot fucking put Marie Antoinette on the same level as like Rasputin and calling gays con is like weird fucking like that's a whole other kettle of fish like it's like yeah Ari and I were very big on the like hey Genghis Khan is the only reason we have civilization today as we know it and like yeah. Genghis like, Khan is not a villain Genghis Khan he wasn't a even I was gonna he wasn't even and like they that's not how because like, I'm that. also like people never call I'm like unless Legends does an episode where they're like you know who else is a history villain uh, Alexander the Great then you don't get to do that for Genghis Khan Alexander the Great was also gay so it's sort of like hey homophobes like how about like, listen, Uncle Ramsey is dead. It's all I'm fucking saying. Um, <laughs> that would have been, I would have absolutely applauded their fucking courage at the, the, you cannot even bring that with, within 10 feet of the studio levels of Patsy Ramsey's coming back. Listen, that same episode had Prince Charles. So, like, the whole episode yeah, was a bust. Right. One episode where they were going to assassinate Bonnie Prince Charlie. And I was like, fuck, yeah, like, when this show is good, it is fucking good because the phrase, Genghis Khan is going to assassinate Bonnie Prince Charlie with a sword from hell. Objectively, it is a good sentence. I honestly, my biggest criticism from that episode was genuinely like, do you really think Queen Elizabeth would have cared if Genghis Khan had killed Prince yeah, Charles? No, Elizabeth does not give a shit if Charles lives or dies. Elizabeth personally tipped asked. Uh, Elizabeth personally called down to hell and was like, hey, can you kill my son? And Astro was like, I can guess I, I guess where'd you get this number like <laughs> don't worry I know about this it is overused, but they might as well have just done like the seven deadly sins like that would have been more entertaining because then at least there's a common theme we could have had yeah. a full metal god damn it son of a bitch like that would have been really really good i'm, I'm mad because now. imagine that would have been... imagine that episode like, of that... lust i'm just gonna just I also put it out there face. I would, have, I would have appreciated if they done it. Have, have I ever told you my most cursed, my most cursed of my most cursed thought? Have I ever? Oh, hold on, my boss is calling me. Give me two seconds. She yeah. her. I will say it's really funny because on the other two podcasts I'm on, Corey and I try to be like a little bit more, just like put together. Not that you guys are put together, but like there's we're no please please like, don't lie to me i just yeah. i love it we started somewhere and we're going somewhere and this is the best time i've had all week and i just can i just come on more of your episodes is that a please. thing i can do we would love i mean we would love for you to come on more episodes i just um, i mean honestly you don't really even need to have watched no because it's it's, it's the kind of show where like you don't have to watch 90 of it you can just get told what happens and if you already have a working knowledge of the show wait, can you stop Sorry, cat's touching my laptop. Um, You're okay. You <laughs> Don't apologize for your cat. <laughs> oh, yes, I do. You hear that? But, like, it is... Um, first off, we would love to have you on the show more. I am genuinely, like, it is so hard to re recap this, and I'm actually going to make this a meta thing, where it's, like, we've had this problem... Well, not a problem, but it's been a thing, like, more so this season than with other seasons, where it's, like, we've had 15 minutes of just not talking about the episode where it's like our opening last episode was literally just us playing animal crossing and talking about animal crossing for i think a solid 20 minutes where it's like you know what i think it eases is in the listeners to the chaos that is to come and the complaints there's so yes there's so little going on though especially this season where it's almost like we don't we're just vamping because if 
actually summarizing the plots of the season's episodes takes about five seconds where it's like, yeah, they're weird seconds. But that thing you said before about like, if you ask what the season plot is, people are still usually going to sum up the crazy bullshit parts, even if those were maybe only in, in the series for about five minutes, rather than like slow recurring, the, the, the slow recurring tragedy of like Amaya inevitably having to return to the past and her relationship with Wasa. But people, if you ask people about that season's plot, they're gonna be like, oh yeah, didn't Bebo fight a guy? Where it's like, he did. fan priorities are gonna be different. And that's um, like, you know, at what point, I mean, obviously, I'm assuming literally starting next episode, but even then, like, it's hard because the parts that are good aren't even given to us necessarily, like, on a week-by-week -week basis either. I think it would be easier for us to, like, enjoy what we are getting if it was consistently given to us, but it's not. And so when I was watching it all in a row, I was literally just like, I know nothing. I remember when season three started getting good. I think it was around the E.T. knockoff episode that Rachel, I remember us sort of hesitantly talking about it. Like, is it going to stay good? It, like, we didn't even know, like, are, is it going to tank? Is next episode going to be like, it's springtime for Hitler, the, the Legends musical? Like, what are we, like, what, what? Like, we, we were just bracing for the fucking worst because this show is not consistent, even when it is good. And it's good, It and the ways it's good aren't even consistent, generally speaking. There are some things it's very good at doing consistently, like its characterization is usually pretty good, and the way it handles abuse narratives and family narratives is also pretty good. Everything else is sort of up for grabs. I can't even say it's good at maintaining its tone, because the World War One episodes are, like, from a different fucking show entirely. Like, well, Jesus like Imagine if this was a 22-episode show. Oh, that's the other thing, is I do think that this is the frustration. Does that make it better or worse, though? I almost I would say wonder better. if I, it would... Yeah, I almost think it would make it better because the writers yeah. are used to writing for long TV unless they're, they were first bought onto the show. Most people, even now with the way that TV has been moving, they do cut their teeth on 22-episode shows. And so I think part of it... I mean, obviously, like, now I'm, like, hella speculating. But I feel like part of it absolutely is the, like, we have a really weird runtime, and we also have to run alongside, even though we're running in the spring, we have to run alongside our other CW shows. And, yeah, they're technically not that much of a crossover beyond the crossover episode, but there's still this, like, level of, like, they can't decide what they want to be. And it's season five, and so they should have by now, but I think that's the issue, is that, like, they can't decide how much they need to do quote-unquote filler. Because with 16 episodes, there's really not that much filler necessarily. You but at the same time, no. we're not getting really tightly written. You know what I mean? Like, if I were to read the show in a book format, I would be like, what is happening? Y'all remember the Hot Springs episode? I was literally, I'm just like, listen, I'm just sitting here. Every time someone brings up filler, I immediately flash back to the fucking Soul Society arc filler and bleach. And I'm just like, I'm in hell. Every There's a part of my soul that fucking died watching that. Um, Listen, my brother watched literally all of Bleach, and I don't understand how. I quit, like, oh, God, I, I quit. quit. I, I forget the episode I, where they all tried to see Akakashi's face. <laughs> I, I mean, not that there weren't, I mean, listen, filler, I do, and here's the thing is, tightly written filler can actually be really good. There are some anime where I'm like, That was the only good episode of Naruto that's ever happened. 
therapist. Yeah. But like, just in terms of like, there are certain points where I'm like, okay, going from stand fight to stand fight to stand fight to stand, like, okay, stop, you have to, a second where they are all just sitting in the back of the car having a conversation would be great right now. Right. Like, that's actually a good thing sometimes, tightly written filler, but we're not even getting tightly written filler. We're getting loosely written plot and it fucking sucks because it's like, I... I think sometimes shorter can be better if you know that you're writing for a mini series and you sort of structure your plot that way. But they got a severe episode reduction this season and do not seem to have adapted their writing in any way, shape or form to accommodate this. And that's a pain in the ass because it's like, I think this show, this season would have been, even if they just given it 20, it didn't need to be 22. It didn't need to be like, it, it, you fuck 18 even. Like just 18 is how many seasons three had and season three is the strongest season. Yes. Because it's like, I think they're suffering from a lot of these problems all sort of compounding on each other. So they're unable to escape them. Um, where it's like one of these problems would have been manageable two of them might have even been manageable but it's like it's sort of like fallout 76 where it's like the curtain got pulled back on a lot of bethesda's failings because they went from doing rpgs to mmos and everyone realized that like actually bethesda in bethesda's internally produced games suck shit and a lot of the things that they sort of put on them to paper over the cracks only work in like a single player RPG setting. So the shine gets sort of worn off when you have to interact with a bunch of people in an MMO setting. And this is Legends Fallout 76, where it's like all of the issues that this show can have, even just in terms of like, it's like technical stuff, like pr like production times and, and scheduling and staffing and contracts. Um, all of that was sort of became inescapable and they really didn't know how to handle it. And so the curtain got pulled back and all of this, the charming bullshit they usually do that we sort of forgive them for, for the other stuff, um, made it, it made it much harder to be like, well, at least silly things are happening. And we really like the way the characters are going or whatever. Like, I can't even, did anyone aside from Ray and Zari 2.0 briefly have, like Zari, Zari 2.0 is technically an entirely new character and she got less character development time and attention than a character who i cannot stress this enough is no longer on the show god damn it like that is such a skewed sense of priorities where it's like they did not do anything to adjust or try to fix and oh god darren chris is trending on twitter oh jesus i tried i tried not to tell you guys i didn't want you to know i'm I sorry don't, i just don't look don't look it's I don't not worth it I don't, I don't want to think about it i don't want to know I'm I'm so so glad I never got into Glee. Holy hey, this shit. is kind of fun. This... I've never watched a single episode of Glee. I watched like three of them because everyone, because it was my freshman year of high school, and I was desperate to try to fit in with the theater kids, which which is a sentence. But I was like, so, I just was desperate for friends, so everyone was watching hey, Glee at fair. that point in time. So I'm, I, was I and stop. then I just the club, so it's really not really it wasn't that much of an improvement, but like it. It, I watched three episodes and I went, wow, okay. And then just didn't, just didn't like, I, I didn't, it was before it went completely off the fucking rails. Like, I don't think we would have Riverdale if we hadn't had the last couple seasons of Glee where everything was just going fucking crazy all the time and the drama was out of fucking control.
Which is really like, impressive because we didn't need that or Riverdale, and yet here we are. <laughs> well, we didn't need these things. We did not need these things. I will, I do, I am kind of, Riverdale's the kind of, I will say this, just from what I see people talking about on the internet, I'm kind of impressed by how, despite I think only being on like their fourth season, Max, mm -hmm. they have the energy of a show that is on its like 30th season and going out of its fucking mind. Like they're doing seasons, they're doing plot lines that would not happen for like 20 years on another show. Like if the show even ran that long, like, holy fuck. That, that kind of chaos. Dragon, though. What? It's unrelated. Where did Zari's dragon go? Were we supposed to get more of the Why dragon? I was really excited for the dragon. I, same. I almost Hold on, Phyllis passed me another note. <laughs> I will read it now. No. I think we could not afford the dragon. I would have loved if he'd been there as like a sort of like team mascot. That would have been great. Um, like, cause but, like, why didn't Zari just come fly? Like, I don't understand. It isn't Zari's whole thing that like the dragon existed and like, I, I, I we don't even have a picture of the dragon. <laughs> yeah, they kind just of really wanted a dragon. They sort of just used it as a launch pad to make her their weird screed against early 2000, but also late 2010s Kim Kardashian slash Paris Hilton, where it was like. You you used a dragon for this. The show was a lot nicer to her. You know what? I'll say this in the retrospect. I'll say this now because I was worried that the show would be to her. I was worried that the show would punish her. I was worried that the show would be like she was only a good person because she had gone through trauma. Oh, that's definitely and true. None of those yeah. things happened, and I'm actually very happy about that. I think. Why don't we all sort of? Why don't we just? Because I think we've really harped on why the show is the failure in many many ways. Why don't we talk about back and forth? I think pretty fairly. We why don't we all do something? Three things from five A, uh, one at a time, or at least we'll try to do a concise list. Honestly, who knows how long we're going to stick to it? But um, it's a nice thought that we enjoyed because, like, I'll start. Not only uh, number one, and yeah. I'm going to do something very specific. Not only did I enjoy Zari 2.0 a lot, but when she is filming Mick meeting Lita and both Lita and Allie think that she's Mick's wildly aged inappropriate girlfriend, uh, Emmy worthy. Save the season. Good. Best, best thing they could have done. I mean, so, so every good. single thing that I would have to say that I've liked has literally been related to Zari. Zari telling Nate to go find Ray. Zari hanging out with Constantine as Romeo and Juliet. That was really... I, mean, I was going to say, honestly, I think one of the strongest scenes this season has actually even just been them acting in a play. Yes. Which is <laughs> they actually know how to act. And they both did Shakespeare. I'm glad they got paid for that episode. <laughs> Zarya, where they like, where like, I was literally. Like, Let me wow. tell you something. If you were out here being like, wow, I love the Zeva friendship, especially if you're in like that kind of sapphic fandom. Where I'm like, oh, okay, listen, if you're out here being like, it's a friendship because you think that Ava should only be with one woman, you're not on my level. Get well soon. I mean, polycular bust. Exactly. Polycular First of all, all the legends ladies, all the legends are dating, except like in cases of like incest or like Ava being romantically with men. But 
<laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't think they've ever explicitly said that Ava's a lesbian, but like Oh no, but here's the thing. Jess McCallan said that Ava's a lesbian and everybody said that's fine, but Maisie's saying in an interview that Charlie is pan after that scene on the show isn't enough. That hate that. Especially because it's not even like when Wentworth was basically desperately grabbing the microphone and going, uh, Captain Cold is pan, where it's like it's not even like that, where it was like him doing his fucking best to sort of make this character not straight where it's like there wasn't like no legends actually put an effort to make charlie not straight and Maisie just made it explicit so it's not the same thing like pan can sometimes be um a, like pan calling a character pan can sometimes be i think an out for queer people because we're sort of like you yeah. guys don't really know what this means so we're just going to use it that's something yeah, i just discussed that's something I've discussed with the teens when I do queering comics, when I give that lecture, which I couldn't give this year because of COVID, of course. But like, I'm like, you know, Wentworth said he's pan. Maisie said Charlie's pan. Why do you guys think that they use pan? And they're like, because I think they think a lot of people don't know what pan means. Yeah, I think that's a big one because I remember back when Captain Jack was first big on Doctor Who, where they would just use, they would use the term omnisexual a lot, which is not a word I've heard anyone use with any frequency ever um i'm sure it exists in some cases but it's one of those things where it was such a like it was like this weird attempt to give it a sci-fi spin on top like it was such a it was it was a distancing attempt to try to make it less grounded and realistic that he was like a like a person that had sex with people of different genders which was just like for fuck's sake um so you have those problems sometimes with using like the term pan but like Maisie. Like, the show did such a good job making it explicit that Charlie was in the same and different genders that I'm like, this one time, it's not a cop-out, actually. I understand why people might be wary, but they did or, enough. Or what is a, what's a thing you liked? I mean, I guess this kind of counts. Yeah, um, I'm not gonna, I mean, I, it's like a, it's mostly, I mean, like, that's the thing is it's, it's really a compliment to Maisie more than anything. Um, Maisie I really, call it being the backbone no, of this fucking show. Seriously. Um, I mean, can I we think, just like a spin-off of them? I every like, time that every time Lazy um, posts a photo together, I grow ten times stronger. Just love them. I think so much. I already said this, but I'm gonna re-emphasize it because I was because of the moment, like the the turning point it it represented in even this kind of rough start to the season for me. The conversation that Marie Antoinette and Zari had, because I was literally in the middle of making a bitchy Twitter post on my live live thread that I was so fucking tired of like the weird black and white, like good or bad kind of mentality they were applying to historical characters and how they were really fucking doing a disservice to these really complicated historical figures with really, you know, with, with really like just lives that were not easy and were full of nuance. And then they had that right. moment where they were like, Marie Antoinette was like, yeah, it sucked being 14 in a foreign court and everyone fucking hated you and you had like an extended fucking fight with somebody over not introducing yourself to them so they couldn't introduce themselves to you and that was the plot of like four episodes of Rosa Versailles and like that was really hard for her and that was really good for Zari and I think um, a way of comparing you know the without being in like I think they could have compared the two in a way that made Zari come off as shallow in a way that they didn't do where yeah. it's to I think a common thread of humanity there that gave me 
child like they did a lot with Zari as an influencer but I'm like I think it would have been more interesting for you to do Zari as a child star or more about how Zari was a child star then and is an influencer now where she subverted a lot of expectations of child stars by like running her own business and doing her own thing and sort of making that into an empire all on her own because we sort of set child stars up to fail for a variety of reasons and Zari Wait, I'm so sorry. Did you suggest Patsy Ramsey as an for? Yeah, you're like 20 minutes behind, but yeah. I thought I'm so was- sorry. My brain just finally processed it. <laughs> and let me just say, greatest idea I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> that was that was my that was my you cannot even bring that within 10 feet of the studio idea. Um <laughs> Wait, did you just? I I just that was great timing in the middle of like my but like yeah we're like Zari like it Zari, is okay where, season six episode I, where Zari two point oh shows Sean Benet's murder. God, we're gonna get, we're gonna get, oh my god! The hair is like remember how I asked to be on this more? I lied. I lied. <laughs> I lied. <laughs> but like it is something where I really did appreciate that perspective because it was super. It humanized um, both of them, and I was literally in the middle of being frustrated how they hadn't been doing that. So nice. My second thing that I really liked about this season was... Um, can I actually just interrupt you for a second? Because that is so interesting. Because you're I'm, reminding me of a moment. Um, Sahara, have you read Snot Girl? I have not, but I will listen intently while you describe it. Okay. So, well, no, because there's this scene, because um, Zari 2.0 was introduced a lot more flatteringly than Lottie was when we met her but um when there's this scene in snot girl where inexplicably lottie has a ghost in her hotel room and the ghost asks her to do swatches of the new fenty lipsticks because she's not going to get to try them and um on the ride home lottie lottie um does a swatch on her instagram and ari's like that's the first time we've ever actually seen her sort of think about someone and when you mentioned, like, it's sort of like Zari had that moment, but she had also been more human than. Um, that was, I think, our first moment where we saw her compared to someone. Yeah. It allowed, I mean, I, a lot of what we do on the show is talk about other things to yeah. view legends through, like other contexts, yeah. other works of media, other styles of critique etc and so zari got that moment where it's like having a narrative foil does a hell of a lot for your character development legends take notes this is pretty basic writing 101 but here you go hello and that hello? matters it was wedges? wedges wedges and fuck i'm on di- ow god damn it cat i'm dying wedges of tomorrow um, <laughs> uh, oh god what else did i like about this season um um, I do. Charlie and Constantine is pretty funny. Yeah, I do. I, I, I'm trying to think of stuff that's like new to this season and not just stuff I liked from last season. Because like, I really like okay. that thing they're doing with Astro. But they, no, 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 you're fine. I mean, you can do that. But I'm just like, I'm trying because I, we've been really hard on this season. I do <laughs> like how I was worried they were gonna turn Nora's fairy godmother powers into something that was almost like a punishment or like played mm. for laughs. Where they were like, haha, isn't it so funny that this like ex-Satanist is like granting wishes to kids? But instead, and I wonder how much of this was already putting her foot down and being like, this is how we're gonna do it. Um listen, bitch. Instead, it was even though it was a lot of it was off screen, 
she was very clearly like involving herself in these kids' lives and improving them and changing them for the better. And I almost wish more attention had been paid to that because changing things for the better is supposed to be the legend's motto. And also because it was a really meaningful character moment for her to suddenly decide I'm going to use magic that like has obviously she's only ever really used towards nefarious ends up till that point. I'm going to use it to help kids who might not be hurting like me, but are hurting and need my help. And like, that's awesome. Like that was such a good use of the fairy godmother power. My only problem is we didn't see more of it, but they handled it better than I could have expected. And when legends does that, I'm super grateful because that's not always a guarantee. Um, it's, it's frustrating. I want to say I like Mona becoming Rebecca Silver, but it's that thing where it's like, I would have liked that if that would have been the resolving to an emotional arc that, you know, was it that this culminated in at the end of the season, because it was a great idea. You just, I would bet, I would bet money that Ramona made more doing one episode of Never Have I Ever than she did on her entire time in Legends. Oh God. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad she's making money, but like, it was just frustrating. Like, it's like, I want to like that, that I thought, I thought it was a super good sort of resolution to the Rebecca Silver plotline and for Mona, but like, again, it got tossed at us out the door. So like, fuck that. Um, what else did I super like? This but week? also this um, Mona and Nick like hugging. Mona cries. Always. Um, yeah, I really, I mean, we got a really good emotional yeah, theme. Where I'm gonna, like, I, mean, I know we were kind of like, also like, is this baiting? Can I call this baiting? But the genuinely, it was sweet and tragic. Those last couple of seconds of Nate and Ray, where I was just like, holy shit. Like that was really well done. Actually really sad. I think I wish it hadn't been soured by everything that came before it, but wow. That was just the I end mean, of the I actually world. had a little bit of a criticism for that because I always thought it was so interesting. I was like, so this is Nora's last episode and her entire arc has been about her relationship with Ray. But now, yeah, I mean, but this episode is about Ray's relationship with another man. Yes, where it's like, no, because I, I, I think here's the thing. I did like a full on dug up references from the celluloid closet critique of that. So I know I what that- you were, I know what you're thinking. When are we going to get an episode that's all about Ari digging through her references to the celluloid, their references the to the celluloid the closet? Maybe we should just, just stop watching gay shit, but like I can't. So it's like. I mean, everything we watch is gay I, because I, we're I, watching I, it. Yeah, fundamentally, I'm going to apply like my experience, you know, like critical lenses and all that. But. I critiqued it enough and I am I, I think I've been on the record enough about how frustrated I am with Nora's plotline and how it ended that I can also say, admittedly, in the middle of all that, acknowledging all that, the the raw the raw gayness. The the, uh, the wit the I wish I knew how to quit you energy of that fucking scene was impressive. And the Lucas and Astra thing also would be really good. I think that's my three. Um, I was also gonna say, wait, I had a, I had something for this. Now it's gone. Good job. Is it about sorry? Um. Oh, right. It was. Um. I'm and like you know what? I honestly could be fine with it if if Nick and Brandon weren't out here like liking this article that some entertainment website did. Like, oh, their friendship is so important. Where I'm it's like, homosociality doesn't matter. 
Death of the author. No. <laughs> okay. I have. All right. I've got Channing Tatum. I've got Channing Tatum. I've got Maisie. I've got Judith Butler on the line. <laughs> Judith like, Butler's busy. But they like everything that gets posted. So it's not like they have brains. Oh, I didn't realize they like everything that got posted. Well, sometimes well, no. I get bored and go. Right, let right. me let me say something. As someone who has, as someone who is technically who was unfortunate, not unfortunately, but I've met, I guess, both actors at conventions. Nick is a himbo. Nick is just that's not acting. Yes. Even though he, he had that one strange moment of clarity about strong female character Zari. Sometimes um, I get really bored and I just look at people's likes. It's not a good thing to do. There, there's <laughs> nothing going on up there, unfortunately. And then, um, to counter that, Brandon is actually a lot smarter than you expect actors to be, where I'm kind of like, dark-sided. Yeah. Fucking dark-sided. I will say, part of the issue, too, is it's part of the 18-hour-long goodbye. Yeah. It's, it's, Um, I mean... I loved Zari and Charlie meeting again for the first time. I thought it was really cute because Zari hated Charlie so much the first time they met. And then this time was like, oh, you're adorable. And Charlie was like, you're adorable. And Bayrod was like, and why does this you can keep change happening? To anything? I'm currently in the process of writing semi-self-cessed for them. But it's not self-cessed because it's Charlie. Thank you. I'm like trying to do a full kink meme, but I have like a ton of other things I want to. I'm Writing is hard. I'm going to keep hopping from writing project to writing project right now because I hit a point where I'm like, this is too fucking depressing for me to be writing. But then also I keep writing stuff that ends up getting really grim really fast because my brain is obviously on the verge of absolute collapse. So it's a little like, uh, uh, so I've just been ricocheting a lot. Oh, right. Let me tell you the cursed thing, um, which is that, um, you know how like, have you sort of seen the other seasons of Legends enough to sort of, like, know, parse what's happened? Yeah. I'm like, you know that Amaya and Nate were a thing, right? Uh, oh, you know, yeah, I watched all of those scenes through YouTube and then watched them again when I marathoned. Okay, perfect. That's all you needed to do. But, like, Amaya and Nate were always hooking up. Like, always. Oh my god, all the time. Like, 24-7. And, no, and no I was way. thinking about that interview that Phil did back for when season 2B was about to start, where he's like, well, there is going to be romance, but Amaya's going to be with someone else, essentially saying that Mick has been in love with Amaya this entire time. But I'm like, if they had gone ahead with Mick and Amaya, would he have just died? I like, I see my heart <laughs> keeping up with her. Uh, so much yeah. fun. Oh my gosh. I mean, I, genu- I, mean, I genuinely always the highlight of my day. Yeah. Um... Especially because usually, it. especially lately, it's so, been like the time where we catch up on how the, the other has been doing, and that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's I just true. have to say, my last week of school was the first full week of Ramadan, and I had three presentations, but I can't drink water. So <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be rough. Uh, yeah. That's, so I'm glad that we're recording this good. before Ramadan because one, I I can I come allowed to well, I'm technically not allowed to curse ever, but. During Ramadan, I don't curse at all. And then two, <laughs> this has been a great time because I've just been like, let me let out all of my feelings when it comes to Legends of Tomorrow. It's great. Um, I mean, I, I really appreciate that. I am also incredibly impressed with your ability to not, I can. I mean, I can usually not do that at work. So I think if I know I have to, I can turn swearing off. I just don't usually. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it lasts for like 
10 days past Ramadan and then I'm right back to big, especially because all of the group chats I'm in are totally haram. So <laughs> that's true. That's true. I'm I in one of them. Manage it at all. I never manage. I was such a fucking shit about like Lent where I was like, um, actually, I think Jesus died for our sins. So why would Jesus want us to suffer? And that's how you knew I was going to be a bad Catholic. Um, I never managed, I never managed to stick to stick to Lent. Um, so I, I, I am impressed with your willpower on that front. What is, I mean, I want to be honest and I don't mean like we had, a. this is such a hard season to retrospective because nothing happened. So I guess I think a way that might be good to end it is what do you want to see happen next season? Like we didn't obviously I think we can all kind of agree. Hold on. Something annoying. We can all kind of agree that nothing really happened this season in particular of this this first half of the season. So what do we want to see happen next season? Or what, what do you, you think coming up? Yeah. Eight four B. Five B. Fuck. You know. Five B. Might as well be two separate seasons. Let's be real. Between the COVID dilemmas and like pushing the schedule back and just the way that they split it up, pre goodbye and then post goodbye. God willing, fingers crossed. If they're still doing stuff about goodbye next episode, but it's all about sorry, I'm literally gonna tweet Phil and be like, I'm fighting you in your bedroom because I know where you live. Um, I know that you have. Listen, Phil. Not to be weird, but I do know that you doors that lead out to a patio and. It's never wise to have glass doors. Side note, I'm the kind of person, so, okay, whenever people in my family, like the extended family, are, like, getting married and stuff, me and my mom are in charge of finding out everything we need to know about the people through their social media. So, if you make, sorry, not sorry about Brandon, I'm literally coming to fight you, but I hope what we will get at the end of the season and through the rest of the season is just more Charlie and Zari. Like, give us the full plot line that we were supposed to be getting. Like, what is happening? What is going on with Astra? Is John going to die? And if he is going to die, is he going to die? Like, like what is going on? Just give us all of the plot points, please. That's all I want. Make it make sense. I just sense. want... Make it make sense is, is honestly the best summary that we could have for... I mean, I just... I wish that Bayrod was getting more screen time. Yes. Um, but I just... I mean, I want to see Zari grappling with both sides of herself. I want to see her actually use the totem. I want to see Charlie fight her sisters. I want to see Astra and Charlie maybe aligning, maybe not aligning. I just want the characters that are here to actually do stuff. I will also share with you guys, because I my next quiz is going to be everybody is a Legends lady or Charlie and <laughs> a Sailor Moon character. And I made Zari 1.0 Ray and Zari 2.0 Monaco. And I just really want to share these with you because I think I did an excellent job. That's amazing. I, to be serious, though, I think one of the things that I'm really excited to see is, yeah. so part of the reason I love Zari is because we actually get to see her be Muslim. So yeah. I'm hoping that we'll get a few more moments of that because the plot point where <laughs> she's like, Baron, why the hell are you trying to drink alcohol right now? Because of the perfume was so funny to me and it was so well done. And I would just love to see more of that throughout the rest of the season. Um, too. Can I ask you, is it okay for Barad to, because like, I think, I think Shayon is, I think his dad is Muslim and his mom is Jewish. So I'm not really sure what he practices personally, but like, is it okay for him to be smoking weed? 
I mean, it depends on the religious leader that you have. A lot of, so here's the thing about Islam. There are so many dang schools of thought that like no one really knows. Like technically you're not supposed to be doing those things, but also we all smoke hookah. So what's the difference between hookah and smoking weed? That's my personal opinion. I think at least, okay, so this is where it gets iffy. Assuming they're Persian and assuming that that means that they're Shia, some of the Shia schools of thought have different points of views on alcohol and, well, not alcohol necessarily, but like what type of alcohol is acceptable, if at all. Because there's like this weird confusion about like, are you allowed to have like beer or not? So there's there's a lot there to unpack that the show would ever be able to do well. But that's why I appreciate the scenes like way back when Amaya and Zari, Amaya comes in and is like, are you praying? And Zari's like, I'm just trying to find my earring. Like, no, I'm not praying right now. So like that kind of stuff is always really fun to see. The little touches. Exactly. Um, I mean, honestly, in terms of, I would love, I want to see more of Astra and Lachesis so fucking badly. I'm so mad we yeah. only got it just now. But like, I obviously want to see Zara and Bayrod more. I know Bayrod's only going to be recurring, but like, do well with the time you have, goddammit. But like, holy shit, you guys could, you guys could take, you guys could grab some of my deepest fucking traumas by the fist and just fucking suplex them and make a really good, you could write something terrible and hit that on the head and I would forgive you. So, also, what you post in the chat is correct. Um, so I really want to see more of that. Um, I would like to see... Um, I want to see where the hell Atropos is. Um, and what the she's fuck coming, Atropos She's coming is. in Zari, not Zari. And is she the one that was passed? Like, a while um, back? Yes, and she's the one who I think is going to be involved in giving Sarah some kind of power. Okay. Interesting. Um, yes, I'm super looking forward to... And I just... I want to see Charlie, Charlie doing more, period. But I do, I want, I've, I've said that the show has done well with pointing out that John Constantine is a bad person. They've been doing slow but steady work on his development. I'd like him to hit a breaking point here because this actor thing has been around since like he was first on Arrow where I'm like, when this is it's all been resolved, his own show. Yeah. So it's like, I was wondering about that, but yeah, you're right. Um, It's once this is resolved, I want, like a meaningful permanent change in his approach to situations because you can't just keep even if you're doing a good job of pointing out that he's a bad person you have to stop having narratives where he's ruining the lives of everybody because you've done such a good job at making small and meaningful changes like with mick so hopefully they continue to improve on john the same way they improved on mick where it's like season five mick is a completely different person than season one mick and mm. is different consistently so they are good at that slow burn character development i just want to see a turning point with constantine and i think that's it i have a question for you two yes yeah, so, at the top of the vagina good i have no idea if there's any way to even answer this question because everything is cursed right now especially with covid yeah. but like who do you think is even going to be around for next season and i know part of it could be like by the time they're actually allowed to go back to filming some of the cast might just be like peace we're out we don't want to deal with this craziness um, right now i know that tala said when she was doing her play and people were like oh are you not coming back for legends and she's like no it's the play is done before like legends finishes filming um i think something 
Um, hmm. I mean, I think Dominic said that he wants to, I mean, Dominic, I think is stuck here. Phil actually yeah. said that he wanted to do more with Constantine next season because he's got so much okay. to work with. But who knows if they can afford Matt Ryan for another season. They're gonna okay. cut, I think they're gonna, Matt Ryan is a white man, so they're going to cut more people to make room for Matt Ryan, I think. I mean, it's a, it's a little cons- it's a little concerning because I feel like the next person could be like, I mean, here's the thing. I would love for um, Shehan and Ramon to come back, even if it's just recurring. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with Maisie, which is, you know, always makes me kind of sad. It's also like, so for example, I'm looking at Wikipedia and technically Astro's, well, not technically, she is listed as a main. Yeah. But like, does that mean she's coming back? Like if the, if the plot point, I mean, this is why me asking this now might've been silly because we don't know what's happening until the show ends. But if like her plot stuff with Constantine is all like, or Constantine is all wrapped up, then like they could just get rid of all of the people who are only for quote unquote this season to bring on new people. But also like all of their plans that they might've had could have just gone up in flames because they can't film until September question mark. So, I, I guess, guess, we'll see I guess the real be, question is going to be a fucking mess. <laughs> I feel like the real question that is like, what is the is the COVID plan, and what was the pre-COVID plan of of characters? And also, you know, I've been thinking about this because this is my whole job for the fundamentals. Which of these shows is actually after next year even coming back? You know what I mean? Because I think like. I'm in the firm camp that I think Supergirl is on its way out, partly because of the contract stuff, which I mentioned earlier. And because especially now with like safety things, I just don't foresee, like, I just don't see Melissa and and friends wanting to like come back, even if they're testing everybody's temperature, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And being asked to sign a rider that's like, if you guys get sick, we're not liable. You know what I mean? So it's just like, if Legends happens to have their last season next season, then the writers hopefully will plan well, for that and give here's us here's like, why Legends. Here's why I don't think Legends is going to have its last season next season because they are not going to unless they get an extended season next season. They're not going to make a hundred, and we are too far down this hole to not make. Wait, they're not. I think no. they make a hundred next year because they if they have another sixteen episodes. They only have fifteen this season. They're literally walking away. God damn it. I mean, that's a good, listen, that's a good way to make them have to make another season. Um, I do think, I think it's one of those things where it's like, the issue is, is because we mentioned this earlier on the podcast, but because the casts are so tight knit, it's almost like, I don't, everybody would infect everybody else anyway. So I think they might just not, they might just, it's either, it's going to have to be an all or nothing thing because the, the casts are so everybody's not literally but everyone's living in the same fucking row house where everybody <laughs> fucking it's the same fucking apartment complex they all get three square meals a day it's prison yeah it's it's effectively actor jail and like that <laughs> that means that it's almost like would it truly be worth canceling would they be willing to cancel all of them because everybody would if one person got infected everybody would be infected or they would have to completely radically alter everyone's fucking living skit like living situations in ways that would well, be and I, mean, next I think that's possible. the thing right because it's not it's not just the cast or just the crew it's it's craft services it's costuming yeah. literally every yeah. single and i think that's the thing like i so the cw for people who watch the other shows or were paying attention or were just wanting to know more about like the flash and supergirl and the other shows filming legends got really lucky because they've already filmed everything but the cw was like yeah we're totally just going to come back and film the episodes and air them in the summer 
nobody's gonna be allowed to go back until late August if that like that's not happening. Like they're gonna no. I think so I for think them to actually try that makes sense. And yeah, yeah and I, mean, I just did the math. They would like, need how long are like are they going to are they gonna put are they I think it's gonna be something where likely scenario is they're saying we're going to go on a hiatus for six months for everything. And then some shows like Supergirl are going to quietly get canceled during that hiatus. And then some shows will just be brought back. Um, but they're basically going to give everybody like a six month. I don't know if they'd push it to a year, but they're going to basically be like, we're not because legends is already. So like everybody's so used to delays as it is like, again, okay. I think in the, in the time frame between like the last season airing and the first start of this season, I made like, three different fucking costumes and so did Rachel like we were doing we did so much we had a ton of fucking time so I think most of the Legends fandom would be okay with a six month hiatus and would come back because they've done it before basically we're not very close but I think they might use it as a way to sort of gently shoo out Supergirl and Arrow's not really an issue anymore I think what we might yeah what do we think is going to happen with Green Arrow and the Canaries I'm actually about to say one of the I was because I I Arrow the show was gone I genuinely don't I don't know if Green Arrow and the Canaries is going to get picked up or if it's going to be put in development hell. Like maybe it will get put back on the air later, but I don't know if they would want to commit to a new show airing like now of all times. So that is, I think, honestly, the most likely thing to get, aside from Supergirl for the reasons you already outlined, quietly sort of shoved aside, which is a shame. It was, it was, it, it has nothing to do with how good it was. It was great. It's just nobody's i mean that's the thing right so the contract situation is really sketchy right now because studios so what i was quoting earlier i should have said more clearly um so deadline they just did an article talking about what studios have been discussing and so they were saying that they're gonna do like the temperature testing all this other stuff they're gonna make craft services no longer like a buffet style everything has to be individually packed and this this is like we're really optimistic and we're gonna actually make it happen we all know that there are going to be plenty of shows that this is not going to work for. There's just no way to physically make this happen for the entirety of broadcast television. This isn't even touching streaming. So what I'm interested to see then is does do the studios just ultimately like they can't, they have contracts, they have to continue, but part of contracts is force majeure. So if, if God forbid it gets really worse in the fall and they have to stop filming again, then I mean, like the shows could just straight up all be gone. I, I, yeah. I, that would be the worst case scenario. But I think, you know, so with Supernatural is a great example. They filmed five of the seven episodes left to air. So they're not airing any of these five because the last two that they did film, they haven't done any of the post-production on because that's when they had to shut down. So the CW was like, we're going to film the last two. And then Jared will get to go on to film Walker, which is one of the two shows that got picked up straight to series. Which is why I think you're right, Arya, but... Green Arrow and the Canaries, uh, they had a ride, they had a office ready to go, but that doesn't mean anything, and that doesn't mean a real commitment. They never announced a real commitment. So if there's no commitment for your show, they're not contractually obligated to make it happen. So I'm not sure if like we see any new TV from returning shows or the shows that have been picked up. Yeah, I. I genuinely it is it's one of those things where it was that awkward moment where I'm like it got out but nothing set in stone so it's sort of like how 
it's almost like you could argue that the like arrow even though we all hate it and with good reason um it was on the air long enough that i think people might argue well arrow was on for so long they're gonna want to ride the hype of an arrow spinoff but right. but it's sort of like maybe that would have been the case before but now i think if they're gonna be weighing that idea of you know, and the the clout of an Arrow spinoff, basically, they're going to be weighing that idea much harder against not wanting to be liable for another expensive show in the middle of all this. So that's exactly. really a weird thing. Because yeah, they already did the just... pilot. Yeah. They already did the pilot for Green Arrow and the Canaries, and they already still have all that shit. Yeah. So it's like they might, by virtue of that being like they already paid for the most expensive part of the show, basically. But, but who knows? Kind of like. Mm. But if they cancel Supergirl, especially because Melissa's is pregnant, if they cancel That's Supergirl, true. they can just split the money from that and give half to Superman and Lois to build the Smallville sets again, and then they can give the other half to Green Arrow and the Canaries, and we all win. Hell yeah. That would be really nice. I don't, I, in an ideal world, that would be how it would go. Um, can we, if Supergirl gets canceled, can Legends have fucking Dreamer? Seriously? Do you know how mad I am every fucking day that we don't get the trip? Like, I'm like a Supergirl? Supergirl? Her? Was she funny or something? <laughs> like, how come we don't get Dreamer? Gimme, give gimme. Give like, do you know how much better my life would be if I, because it's like, listen, I love Charlie. We, 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 okay. Maisie is not, to my knowledge, trans. So having a, trans character played by a trans actor like give like and don't have this be like the wally thing where he's there for five minutes and then you guys forget about him next season like give put her on you have no excuse the show has 80 fucking mains i mean i was gonna say i think that would be the one like that's the one interesting thing about the repercussions of all of this right so if a show does in fact get canceled or given a shorter run because hey my cast really doesn't want to deal with the fact that like getting sick would ruin the- i mean not that any of the team I- for anyone listening to us i'm not saying that like any character any actor wants this to be the case but like specifically in context of what's going on with supergirl's cast right now melissa's literally pregnant she will be giving birth one day hopefully um like she- they can't get sick not that anyone can and so in that case if they're like well then we give you guys 10 less episodes and make this like a shortened season and this gets to be arrow 2.0 for a final season then which characters get to jump ship and which characters should join legends and that is absolutely dreamer because that would be amazing but then also how do you do that in like an organic manner in the context of them still getting to film because this is all moot if come July it turns out that no, actually they can't film in September either, no matter how many precautions they take, unless everyone just gets a green screen filmed to their house. I mean, sent to their house. <laughs> and every show. Love if they just started doing quarantine bottle episodes. I think that would be incredibly funny. Um, because I mean, Cause a show lot is. Of- Sorry, there is a show that's doing that this year. It's freaking for CBS. It's all rise. It's the courtroom show, and they're doing a quarantine episode for this season that's going to be tacked on at the end. And so they're literally, they sent a man in a car with the windows rolled up to drive around New York. I think it's said in New York to drive around New York to get empty streets. And they're going to do everything else from people's phones and zoom. And I'm like, what if every TV show, like legends of tomorrow, you guys are in quarantine now. You're not allowed to leave your ship. Like how tomorrow would be honestly there is no show that I think would be better suited to everyone just calling in via Zoom than yeah, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Like genuinely, that would be amazing. Of 
it would do the best because it's like so much of the show has already been everybody hanging out in the wave rider talking anyway where i'm like yeah you could actually probably i don't know if you could get a whole season out of it but if you no, could get oh a couple of episodes of just like bottle green screen creative editing we might be able to get away with it I'm also wondering if they're going to go to the anime route and they're going to be like, we're going to have a clip show as our recap and that's going to count as an episode. Um, I mean... Like, that might be... like I wonder how yeah, much they're so going to... Of- I wonder if they're going to bother even trying to, like, pad out shit with filler and clip shows and, like, green-screened bottle episodes. Or if they're just going to say, because these shows are... Art- because the CW already kind of films on a razor-thin margin, um, I- if they're just going to go, fuck it, we're not coming back for six months. Who cares? So fuck we you guys. Be- Fuck you guys. Well, I mean, and- that really might be. They really might just be fuck them kids, and that's fine. I mean, I mean and, and- I'll go back to so my fucking anime. Actually- <laughs> so, so Legends gets to be safe again for this reason because they don't air it till the spring. You know, they could start filming. Like, assuming we put we move to the calendar year, because this is what a lot of us who've been paying attention to the, to the background stuff have been saying. If you push TV to a calendar year instead of starting in September, which, by the way, history lesson is because of car sales. All of our TV rules are absolutely bullshit, y'all. Um, if we just start yeah, showing shit from January like, to December. Advertising, but I didn't know it was car sales specifically. That's wild. Because mm-hmm. that's when they would release all the new car, um, the new models. And so if you just oh, move everything to January, then you could just have Legends film in the spring and then they could just air in the summer like they did that one year and it would be just fine. It's yeah, everyone else gets drafted. And heterosexuals have their Pride Month. It's the Kia Summer Event Sale, so we can just have Kia Summer Event. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, might as well. We still have car sales to advertise, I guess. Um, listen up, listen. We still have car sales. We can still sell cars. We can, we can make this work, everybody. I mean, it is I so- think that the power going out is the best thing that's ever happened to us. I think- <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. I mean, that is kind of where I I can that moment right now between that that split second between the lights coming back on and the lights being off that she has. I mean, it is truly so flawless that it could only happen because in acting where you know that that's what's coming because like it's she says it she pivots on like a dime. It's really good. Um, I'm in that moment right now. I think with everything where it's kind of like I have not even tried to like estimate or think about this in the long term because it's like listen i already had problems thinking in the long term um for a lot of reasons so it's like this has just made all of those worse so at this point i'm just hoping that we have a society to come back to in a couple months and even now That's i'm like, well that you know maybe if brendan Routh had been out there trying to fucking trying to strike down you know voter suppression laws and not fucking going on michael rosenbaum's podcast for the thousandth time Let's we would go, have a society Brandon. to come back to <laughs> but he made in this, in, the, in this this case that i need to revise what i want for the end of the season to be hopefully not an awful cliffhanger <laughs> um, oh, because <laughs> press f who knows what we'll end up getting. Michael F to pay respects. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so real quick side note. I'm sure both of yes. you have seen the news about What's-His-Face getting to do Justice uh, League Dark. And I will say, yeah. if this means that in 2028, oh, all of our TV shows JJ Abrams. 
J.J. <laughs> Abram is getting Justice League Dark for HBO Max. Oh my god, fuck off. God. I don't even, I don't hate, hate him, but he has such a punchable face. He does. And he, he's, he he's does, such a, he's but- slimy, he's like the Max Landis thing, where he's such a slimy, like, product of Hollywood nepotism, that you can't help but want to, like, be like, fuck you in every project you ever take on, because you don't deserve it. That's very and, true. But, don't what if we got Zatanna in 2028, which is my sarcastic, but also, like, really optimistic timeline for when we might have to be again. I actually, you said that, and the switch just, and I'm just, I don't know why I haven't thought of Zatanna coming on the show before, because Constantine has been such a consistent presence for so long. But yeah, why don't, why haven't, I mean, the question is really almost, why haven't we had Zatanna already? And I'm almost kind know. of like, I feel like this Maybe might be the Flash series got cannibalized for the Flash movie that never actually manifested. Um, we'll I never manifest we'll, because COVID. We'll never manifest for a variety <laughs> of reasons. Like at this point, we're just not getting a Flash movie, but, which is a shame, but um, I think the issue here is like, I feel like this might have been a thing where because they were doing that Batwoman thing for so fucking long, which is another thing where I'm like, we're not going to see I'm we might that we might we're probably gonna lose Batwoman and honestly, fine. But fine. <laughs> um, I think they might have been like, we, wanna, we, oh, God, we might they th- I think they probably wanted to save Zatanna for that. because She is kind of a Gotham ish fixture. Um, I also don't have money for magic, to be fair. Yeah, they all, yeah, fu- fundamentally, I'm like, you guys don't have the fucking budget for this, but like, I do think they're gonna want to put her in at some point. The question, especially if they're gonna keep using Constantine, where I'm like, it's only a matter of time before somebody's like, hey, we are gonna put Zatanna in. Um, so that'll be interesting if they do it, if they keep getting, I mean, o- operating on the assumption that Legends will get more seasons because I have to assume even though we have no fucking clue because nobody knows anything anymore and it's just like <sighs> metaphorical metaphorical blunt metaphorical blunt you put the gay yeah, thing I mean, in your mouth but yes i don't have an edible i'm literally just like you know what i could really fucking use right now is i just want to eat like an entire edible and see god <laughs> I just realized that it's a whole nine o'clock in my time zone how long have we been recording <laughs> two hours Nine o'clock. We've been recording for three hours. Usually about two hours because the two of us spend about an hour talking, and I'm like, "Oh, right, a third person. That's an extra hour of talking." This makes sense to me. This is why. This, this is, is like amazing. the this is like of heaven being like eight hours long in the initial cut. Like we're just what was the issue? What was that long? Uh, Kingdom of he- the the original version of the Sam Peckinpah film was like I like some in- I think it was like four hours long or something crazy like that. Oh, so um, it's like a Bollywood movie. This is good. Yeah, no, this is fine. I mean, it is genuinely also something where I'm like, I mean, my only hope is that somebody one that incredibly nice Anon who keeps sending messages to Rachel and making me cry at work. They're like, I always like when you talk about your special interests. I'm like, eh, best person. Oh, that's so that's wholesome. But also, like, genuinely, I know I've been, I mean, I've literally just been watching Mystery Science Theater 3000 for about a week and a half now because I just need the background noise of people talking. Like, it just makes, it it replaces that small talk I make with grocery store cashiers and people who randomly tell me their life stories on, like, the fucking transit because I just have that kind of face, I guess. So, oh my god, mood, I- me. Hi, everyone. It's Rachel. You may know me from um, DC's Legends in Review, the podcast you are currently listening to. Um, the audio cut out again here. 
um, we were recording on Discord and it seems to have dropped. There isn't a lot of conversation that happened after here, but um, this is where I have to end it because I don't have any more audio files. My bad. Uh, stay safe, stay indoors, and we'll see you for Zari Not Zari. Bye!